Welcome in, folks, for listening far and wide. It's Wednesday night. It's 8 o'clock on U92, and that means for the next two hours, it's the sports page coming to you on 91.7 FM terrestrially, U92themoose.com. If you're listening to this after the fact in podcast form, wherever you get your podcast, if you're picking us up just now on U92themoose.com, this is the sports page. I am Daniel Woods. Ben Mackey is with me. If you were listening to our hour of WVU football and basketball earlier, Luke Wiggs is MIA. We cannot identify his location. Luke, if you're listening, please come home. Kyle and Laura are worried about you. Uh, so uh, as we now move on uh, away from the missing person situation we're dealing with uh, here at U92 and focus in on national sports for the next two hours, I am behind the mic as I said in my email to the staff earlier in the week, with Luke not here, Dad is out of town for the week. The fun uncle is in charge. Things could go sideways, Ben. I hope they do. I need to. I need to see what this fun uncle is all about, though, because usually when we're when we're on the air together, it's Luke that's kind of handling us. Exactly. But he's not here now. Exactly. So we can do what we want. Things things are going to get interesting. You're going to want to stay uh, tuned to that radio dial. Uh, tune to U92themoose.com. Keep your headphones in if you're listening to a podcast later in the week. Nick Severini, I'm talking to you, pal. Uh, you're going to want to pay attention for the next two hours uh, because things are going to get interesting. Things are going to get wild. We're talking college football. College basketball is here. Uh the NFL is still going on. The NBA is going crazy. The Jokic brothers are going to like take Markeith Morris out in a back alley and break his kneecaps. And they gonna... created a Twitter account just to tell they him. They did. They did. Nikola Jokic's older brother, his name is Strahinja, which is Serbian for fear. Do not mess with a seven-foot guy whose name translates to fear. That's all I'm going to tell you, Markeith Morris. Dan Schuster and John Rayleigh are going to be on to talk about that. Uh, Luke Blaine and Manny Mardiege will be here to talk about the NFL. Tanner Lambert and Logan Moore coming up on the other side of this next break to talk college football. Tanner's going to be sticking around to talk college basketball. We got the Champions Classic last night. We got previews for all six power conferences. We're picking our Final Four. We're picking our National Player of the Year. You're not going to want to miss any of it. I think I counted it up with the college football segment that's coming up uh, in in the next couple of minutes. We're going to either review or preview 28 games in a half-hour period. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. Uh, I'm in charge. I, I, I overplanned for a two-hour show. I'll fully admit it. Uh, but here we are, and we're not going to miss anything. Uh, yeah, we really need to talk San Diego State-Hawaii. We do, because Matt Areza is the best football player in the country, and people need to know about that. It, it's, it's true. It's daggone true, and I'm fired up for it. Me too. I, I cannot wait for the show that you have created. This I was week. in I was in Texas last week, and right. you co-hosted with I Luke. Was. How how did that go? It it was it was great. The quality you know, program. Yeah, it was it was really fun. It was it was nice to talk to to Dad for a little bit, and you know get on get on the air with some of the new guys. But 
it's the fun uncle, as you said, exactly. tonight, and I'm, I'm really excited for that. Exactly. Stay tuned to U92, 91.7 FM, U92themoose.com. Things are about to get weird. We'll be back after this break with college football talk. Tanner Lambert, Logan Moore are on the way. You're listening to the sports page on 91.7 FM, U92. Moose is your home for the best sports coverage you're going to find here on the campus of West Virginia University. It all starts on Wednesdays from 6 to 10. It's the Sports Block on U92. From 6 to 8, we're talking WVU Sports with a tilt towards on-campus coverage. From 8 to 10, it's the Sports Page taking a look at all the national stories you want to hear the U92 sports staff talk about. Then, at the bottom of every hour, tune in for breaking news on all of the top stories in sports by members of the U92 staff. And finally, live sports on U92 The Moose are the bread and butter. Tune in for coverage of both WVU soccer teams, women's basketball, baseball, and WVU hockey. Live on U92, 91.7 FM, and U92TheMoose.com. You're not going to want to miss any of the sports here on U92. you want the new and essential college radio, then look no further than the new music pioneer on 91.7. Every Monday through Thursday from 3 to 6 p.m., tune in to hear the newest music from up-and-coming artists, along with some of our favorite throwback tracks. That's every Monday through Thursday, 3 to 6 p.m., the new music pioneer on U92. FM. Come up. Bueno, déjame nomás subir a la acera para echarle un ojo. Uy, qué bella. Me refiero a la Yankee Rose. <risa> Una rosa silvestre Salvaje Back on the sports page, U92 The Moose, jam-packed show, Daniel Woods behind the mic, Luke Wiggs, uh, still in the wind, uh, he's MIA, uh, he's, he's, he's gone AWOL, we don't know where he is, uh, I, I have heard, uh, we've received intel that he could be traveling with former U92 or Ethan Collins, which is a terrifying prospect. Yeah, that doesn't sound good for Luke. No, uh, if anybody knows Ethan, he's a great guy, uh, but not somebody you want to be on the road with. Uh, we we sent Ethan up to uh, up to the NFL draft last year, uh, being the Cleveland Browns <laughs> fan that he is, and uh, it was it was an adventure. And if Luke uh, is either either against his will or, or or consensually is in a car with Ethan Collins, we are concerned for his safety. Uh, if you see uh, Ethan Collins' vehicle on the highway, uh, please contact uh, your nearest authorities. Well, let's just hope Luke is driving for Oxcord purposes. That's fair. But even then, it's it's it, it would be a rough drive. It'd be a lot of slipknot if Luke's not driving. <laughs> yeah, a lot of slipknot. Anyway, we've got college football to talk about. Tanner Lambert is here. Let's Logan go. Moore is here. Ben Mackey, you you've heard his voice already. You've 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 heard plenty of Ben already. Uh, I have curated an extensive list 
of games for us to go through rapid fire from last week. We'll hit the college football rankings in the middle, and then we will uh, preview the biggest games coming up this week. Um, I've, I've broken this up by conference, and then we've got G5 games at the end, starting uh, on, a, I believe, a Friday night game. Boston College 17, Virginia Tech 3. I just want to hit this one because, I mean, he's already on the coaches Daniel is fired board. Uh, Logan, Tanner, either one of you want to take this one. It, it's, it's come to the end of the line for Justin Fuente. I'm still surprised he had the job, to be honest with you. I'm surprised Saturday morning they didn't make breaking news headlines and fire him. Um, that's really not much to say. The offense hasn't looked good. His tenure there is coming to a screeching halt. He's yeah. the one with the weird buyout, right? Yeah, his buyout drops by, I think, $3 million or so in December. Yeah. So, so December 2nd, he'll be gone. Right. Or whenever that date is. Something along those lines. Whit Babcock, uh, former uh, WVU athletic staffer, very good athletic director uh, there for the Hokies. Uh, so we, we trust that Whit Babcock's going to get the job done. Moving on to Saturday, we start in the Big Ten. Three games in the Big Ten I want to talk about. Purdue, 40. Michigan State, 29. The number three team in the initial college football playoffs falls to Purdue. That's Purdue's second top five win of the season. Tanner. Yep. Michigan State, we thought uh, was going to have the best shot uh, of a to be a non-Ohio State team to make the college football playoff out of the Big Ten. Now, with one loss, that loss comes to Purdue. They are out of the top four. That That's correct, but they still play Ohio State, and they still control their own destiny, really, for the most part, in the Big Ten East. And uh, if they can run it together, run the table, and win the Big Ten title, I think they get back in no problem. So, I mean, obviously you don't want to lose a game, but if you're going to lose a game, this was the one you wanted to. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I remember Logan talking last week. I think that was the upset that he picked. Uh, I think a lot of people saw this coming. And, I, I, you know, Michigan State, they just struggled defensively. Um, and that was the glaring hole we talked about last week. You know, they struggled defensively against Michigan. Uh, two really bad calls against Michigan let Michigan State win that game. Uh, a Michigan touchdown was called back. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but the Big Ten has come out and John Harbaugh has come out and said that uh, the officials agreed that that call was wrong. So Michigan oh, State. Oh, poor John Harbaugh. Uh, I know. Or Jim. It's Jim. 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 Sorry. Jim, sorry. Jim Harbaugh. We, we don't like he threw Harbaugh me off. Brother. I'm sorry. I'm, you know. But. Uh, you know, so Michigan State, they, they can rebound from this loss. Nobody wants to lose, but uh, Purdue's really good at beating these top five teams. They've done it for years now, it feels like, and that's their second one this year uh, after beating Iowa earlier this season, too. Yeah, we were ready to fire Jeff Brom and his goofy self earlier in the year, and all of a sudden they've beaten two top five teams, even though one of them was Iowa, which just beating, beating Iowa, they were in the top five. That counts. They were. That counts. Ben, ben yes. that counts. Iowa was a top five team at one point. Were they a top five team solely because Taquan Roberson had the worst primetime quarterbacking performance I've ever seen? Probably. Yes. Probably. But still, but still, they were a top five team. Spencer Petrus was their quarterback, but they were a top five team. Uh, nonetheless, uh, moving on from that game, again, we have to go rapid fire here. Staying in the Big Ten, Ohio State 26, Nebraska 17. I get that he threw two picks. Can anyone in the room explain to me how C.J. Stroud threw for 400 yards and this Ohio State team only put up 26 points against 3-7 and seven Nebraska? Uh, I got a great stat for you. I'm sorry, Logan. I know you want to jump in. No, you're the Ohio State expert oh, here. Lord. In the room. All right. This is actually a Nebraska stat. Okay, Nebraska right. has, you said, seven losses, right? Four of those losses are to teams that are in the top ten right now. 
Okay, so maybe Nebraska is just a better football team than what we see. Every single one of their losses besides Ohio State this year is by one possession. I mean, Trev Alberts did I mean, come out and say that Scott Frost will be back next year. Right. Yeah, they, 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 they're bringing Scott Frost back next year. And fired everyone with, else. Yeah, with an undefined, renegotiated contract. Radio is a visual medium. I'm doing very obvious air quotes. And then fired the entire offensive coaching staff, except, like, the running backs coach. Well... He's doing all this with Adrian Martinez, too, which, I mean, it's got to count for something. I mean, you really look, I mean, they played Oklahoma tough. They played Michigan tough. They played Michigan State tough. Played Ohio State tough. Ohio State should have only been a one possession game, too, if the fumble at the midfield wasn't recovered. So, I mean, they did lose Illinois, though. They, they did, but so did Penn State. So did Minnesota, and that's where we're going next. <laughs> there go. Logan, I'll give you this one Illinois 14, number 20, Minnesota 6. PJ Fleck not really reflecting well on that extension he just got. Brandon Peters goes seven for nine for 80 yards in a win uh, in this game. Again, uh, Chase Brown continues to be an absolute freak of nature when it comes to uh, running the ball against ranked teams. 32 carries, 147 yards. Nobody for Illinois had multiple catches in this game. Uh, This was just absurd football. Tanner Morgan uh, went 15 for 27 and threw two picks. Uh, Minnesota just absolutely could not do anything this was just a classic Illinois it's really what Illinois has done all year under Brett Bielema in in his first year they just made it the ugliest football game possible and beat a ranked team because of it yeah I mean I I think Tanner Morgan just didn't come up to play this is a Minnesota team that if they went out they don't have this loss they're playing whoever wins that gauntlet of a Big Ten East Um, they're gonna be playing Minnesota so I think it's an opportunity for them to kind of move forward Um, just a disappointing uh, performance by Minnesota and, and P.J. Fleck. I'm sure he's not going to be happy with that moving forward. Moving on from the Big Ten to the ACC, Ben Mackey. This one hits home for you. North Carolina, 58. Yes, North Carolina, 58. Wake Forest, 55. Bench Sam Hartman. Bring on Ben's high school quarterback. Yes, Michael Kern time in, in Wake, at, at Wake Forest. Uh, I mean, Sam Hartman played well. He was under 50% completion, and this is the kind of game that Wake Forest wanted, high scoring. Uh, they just ended up on the wrong side of it, uh, and they gave, they gave up three over 300 rushing yards to two different backs or total. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a tough one for Wake Forest. Well, they didn't they, give up 300 rushing yards to two different backs. They gave up 104 rushing yards to Sam Howell. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, Sam Howell could be a running back. The ACC's done. Yeah, yeah. Wake Forest ACC's had to go toast. undefeated to get in. They lost. They're out. Uh, doesn't look like the ACC is getting a team in the playoff. So that's that's kind of all she wrote for that conference. Yeah, Ty Chandler is an absolute freak coming from Tennessee. He goes for 213 yards and four touchdowns. He averaged 9.7 yards a carry in that game. I always love Ty Chandler. Love to get a Ty Chandler shout-out on the program. That's the only ACC game we've talk, got to talk about. Moving on to our only Big 12 game to talk about. Uh, guys, Baylor seemed to be emerging as the clear-cut number three uh, in the Big 12 conference this year behind Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. TCU just played their first game without Gary Patterson in 21 years, and they beat Baylor in this game. 30-28 to 28, TCU over Baylor. Freshman Chandler Morris, starting in place of Max Duggan, goes 29 for 41, 461 yards, and two touchdowns. He was their leading rusher with 70 yards on the ground. 
Sure, why not? The Jerry Kill era, at least the interim Jerry Kill era, starts with a win for TCU, and it comes at the expense of number 12 Baylor. Thoughts, thoughts around mean, the table. Interesting quarterback change, first game with Jerry Kill. Um, you, know, you know, Morris played like that. Um, too bad his, his dad can't coach very well in the SEC. But um, We're going to talk about his former <laughs> <yes>. team next. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's a, it, it was a tough loss for Baylor that, you know, I think – they had a prime time. They have a prime time matchup coming up this week, um, and it's not the it's not the way I think they were overlooking a lot going into that next week's game against Oklahoma. Um, Jerry Killer though looks pretty good, Fort Worth. I, I think that yeah they got a really good chance to get back, uh, you know, feeling good about themselves I guess by playing Oklahoma next week. But pretty uh, inexplicable loss there for the Baylor football team. Moving on from the Big 12 to the SEC. Lots of SEC games to get into, starting with the aforementioned Arkansas Razorbacks, the former uh, place of employment of Chad Morris. That did not go well. It's going well for Sam Pittman in year two. They are bowl eligible with a 31-28 win over Mississippi State. Arkansas is 6-3. and three. Mississippi State was number 17 in the country at 5-3. and three. Now they're 5-4. and four. And once again, like uh, we talked about with Ohio State, Will Rogers throws for 417 yards and four touchdowns, but they only put 28 points on the board. Uh, a big day uh, on the ground for Arkansas's Dominique Johnson, the sophomore, with 107 yards and two touchdowns. Traylon Burks continues to be a monster for them. K.J. Jefferson did everything you asked of him in this game. And now the SEC West continues to stay weird below Alabama. Yeah, and it was clearly a game where both of these teams were, were pretty – evenly matched it was kind of a fraudulent ranking for Mississippi State three losses being the 17th ranked team in the country at this point in the year they were kind of ranked that high so that the committee could justify putting Alabama at two last week uh, and Mississippi State had a chance to tie the game uh, as the clock expired missed a field goal Arkansas gets out of there and Sam Pittman his his great year at Arkansas continues to roll on missed three kicks Mike Leach threw his kickers under the bus yeah Open tryouts. Open tryouts. Open tryouts on the campus of Mississippi State University. Tennessee with an upset win over Kentucky, 45-42. to I'm trying to pull up the possession stats in this game. Yeah, this, this game, Kentucky puts up 42 points, possessing the ball for 46 minutes and 8 seconds. Tennessee beats them 45-42, to having the ball for 13 minutes and 52 seconds. Hendon Hooker threw for 316 yards and four scores. Uh, for Kentucky, Will Levis threw for 372 and three. This was just a regular old SEC, SEC East shootout because that's a thing that people talk about. That's a thing that happens in Tennessee-Kentucky games. Uh, but Tennessee uh, comes away with the win, 45-42. to uh, Big day for Velas Jones, 100 yards receiving for the senior and a touchdown. Hendon Hooker fumbled the ball three times, only lost one of them. Uh, but nonetheless, Tennessee comes away with the win, got some breaks late in that game. Uh, but again, another ranked SEC team falls to an unranked team, and it looks like things are on the right track for Josh Heupel in Knoxville. Well, and they've got a chance to keep it rolling next week against Bama. Uh, it was a great win against Kentucky. Uh, and the way that Alabama played against LSU makes them very vulnerable, I think, coming in. Uh, in, in a game this week against Tennessee, and we'll see if they can keep it rolling there. And I, I think that they might be able to. Interesting take there. Sorry, Tanner. That, wow. Tanner a, guaranteeing a Tennessee win anything. against Alabama. I'm just Wait, I thought it was Georgia next week. It's Georgia. It is Georgia. Oh, am Georgia. I, oh, I have it written down wrong. That's my fault. 
Tanner Tanner guarantees a win against both of them. Well, maybe. I mean, Tennessee scored 45 points last week. Josh Heifel, savior. Georgia's allowing six points a game right now. Can Tennessee put 45 on them? Tune in next week to find out. Probably. I would assume so. Speaking of Alabama, who's not playing Tennessee next week, they beat LSU 20-14, to which continues to pick out the issues that I have with this Alabama team. I get that they're 8-1. and I get that they're number two in the nation. Uh, but there's just some clear deficiencies here. They couldn't block for Brian Robinson whatsoever. He carried the ball 13 times for 18 yards. Jamison Williams had 10 catches for 160 yards. He was uh, one of the guys that was down on the depth chart at receiver for Ohio State last year that they were talking about. Oh, Ohio State has a ceiling because they only have two receivers because Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are the only guys that can catch passes on this team. Well, guess what? Jamison Williams is above both of them on Mel Kuyper's big board right now that just came out today. Uh, But I'll get off that soapbox for the moment. Nonetheless, Alabama 20, LSU 14. Lame duck Ed Ogeron continues to make things happen. Max Johnson was pitiful in this game, 16 for 32. Uh, But Tyrion Davis-Price runs for another 100 yards, and Alabama doesn't do enough to separate from the Tigers. No, uh, that was my upset of the week last week uh, when Luke asked for it, and uh, everybody was kind of shocked when I said it. But Alabama's a very flawed team. And, you know, they're there because of the talent they have on their roster at number two in the country right now. And, uh, you know, like Ben said earlier, you know, the committee's trying to justify these wins Alabama has, but I don't think there's really a way to at this point. I mean, they just are not playing good football right now. Yeah, I like think the Alabama standard of football. Yeah, and the best mm-hmm. team that they've played this year they lost to, right. which is Texas A&M. Right. A sloppy. It's not Nick Saban football. No. A lot of penalties. Can't keep the ball. No offensive line. Last game in the SEC is one that might just get one Daniel Mullen fired later in the season. South Carolina 40, Florida 17. First FBS start for Jason Brown, transfer from St. Francis. He goes 14 for 24, 175 yards and two touchdowns. Kevin Harris had a day on the ground, 16 carries, 128 yards. Uh, Josh Van had 111 yards on seven catches and maybe the most wide-open receiving touchdown I have seen all year, uh, which, crazy. which the folks uh, in, the, in, in the athletic communications office at South Carolina did some wonderful things with on Twitter. Uh, but nonetheless, South Carolina 40, Florida 17. Like it's over for Dan Mullen, right? Like, which is surprising you, to say. You, Nobody would have believed that. Yeah, it's like you can't, you can't right. keep doing this, right, guys? No. No, not, with, not yeah. South Carolina. There's a not lot to, of I mean, Shane Beamer didn't even expect to win that game. Did you bring see back, Bring interview? back Will Muschamp. Let's not. <laughs> bring back the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier. You can bring a guy from Jacksonville down the road, maybe. I don't know about that. Yeah, he's got some familiarity. <laughs> Tim Tebow, head coach of the Gators, moving on. <laughs> to the Pac-12. Cal with 20 Players out, I believe, due to health and safety protocols last week, as well as four coaches, loses 10-3 to to Arizona. Arizona, who is probably the worst team in the Power Five, will not go winless this year as they knock off Cal 10-3. to uh, Again, Cal has some, some COVID issues going on. Their game against USC has been moved from this week. It will be played on December 4th. Uh, but, guys, I'm not even going to make you comment on this one because I'm imagining none of you watched it. The Will Plumbers. Will Plummer leads Arizona 10-3 to over Cal in a horrifying display of football, a game that I know Ben and I watched was Oregon 26, Washington 16. 
I, 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 almost, I put this game on here for two reasons. One, Jimmy Lake suspended this week for punching a player in the face mask, which, uh, again, I think, it's, <laughs> I, I think it's idiotic when players get into it with each other and they're both wearing face masks and somebody throws a punch. Jimmy Lake is the coach. And first of all, don't put your hands on a player. Don't be an idiot. But then he throws a closed fist punch at a linebacker who's wearing a football helmet. That's number one. Number two, a reason that I think Jimmy Lake probably could have been suspended for this week, less than two minutes left, fourth and eight, inside your own 10. You have the football. I get that you're inside your own 10. You bring the punt team on. Why? You're down eight. There's less than two minutes left. Long snapper, puts it over the punter's head, out the back of the end zone, for a safety. You lose 26-16. Yeah, that's... That whole situation made me, for some reason, think that they were trying to do that in the moment. I was so confused, first off, why they were punting, and then the snap over the head just confused me even more. It's the old onside safety kickoff trick. Yeah, I I have no idea what was going on, but, I mean, Oregon escapes again, and now they're number three in the country, I guess. Anthony Brown threw for 98 yards in this game. Embarrassing performance by Washington. Primetime, ABC... They had a big chance to pull an upset and just not the performance you want to bring to the or table. Can still lose, though. Cup, I, I, wouldn't be surprised. I would not either. A couple of G5 games that I just want to take a look at. Cincinnati 28, Tulsa 20. little bit nervy. Cincinnati doesn't look great. Cincinnati needs to pick it up. I mean, they moved up a spot because Michigan State lost, but they need to, they need to pick it up. They need to start blowing teams out. The, the commissioner of the ACC, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was yesterday, Monday? No, Monday, uh, was talking about how Cincinnati uh, is getting judged because they didn't play Tulsa tough enough. But uh, I don't know if you watched Ohio State play Tulsa or Oklahoma play Tulsa. Tulsa's not bad. Tulsa is better than their record shows. And Ohio State and Oklahoma both struggled with that team, too. Um, And, you know, Cincinnati's a group of five teams, so they do need to do better. But he he tried to make that point in in saying that the committee is judging Cincinnati unfairly uh, because other teams, uh, both ahead and behind of Cincinnati, both in the top ten, though, have struggled against Tulsa as well. What's the strategy? Do they, do they just try to play conservative and hope that everyone in front of them loses multiple games and they, well, by default, end fine. up in the top you four? You can't. I mean, they should win every game that's left on their yeah. schedule anyway, so you have to win. By you 30. Ha- yeah, 30, you have yeah. to. That's when, when the committee starts you at six, they're telling you, you know, you really don't have a chance, but if you want a chance, you better blow everyone out that you play because you're not playing anybody at this point. That's that's absolutely right. I, I'm a massive proponent of Cincinnati being in the playoff, but right now they're just not playing at the level they need to. Somebody that is playing at the level that he needs to is San Diego State's Matt Areza, who at his position may be, he, he's the best punter in the country, but in comparison to his peers elsewhere in the country, it may be the biggest gap between punter one and punter two in the nation because Matt Areza is a monster. He's averaging 52 yards a punt. He punted five times for 248 yards in that game against Hawaii last week, which was a 17-10 win for a San Diego State. He had a 79-yard punt. This man is a day-two draft pick. I fully believe that. Yeah, I, I don't know what uh, what year he's in. He's draft eligible. Okay, yeah. I was, I was going to say, maybe the Steelers should have waited a year to draft their punter. Matter is, is a day-two draft pick. You can hold me to that. Uh, moving on from last week, uh, we've got the college football playoff rankings. Uh, to take a quick look at, again, we are low on time right now. I scheduled a lot of games for us to go through, and we still have to preview uh, this coming week. But looking at the NCAA, that's the AP Top 25. What am I looking at? Close enough. 
It's it's really not. Uh, so the college football playoff top twenty-five. If this wants to load on my laptop, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia. Oregon, Ohio State. That's their top four. That is the top Cincinnati's four. Five. Cincinnati's five. 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 Six is Oklahoma. So everybody moved up one. Michigan is six. Michigan, oh, Michigan State is seven. Right. Yeah. And then Oklahoma's eight. As I wait for the rankings to come up, gentlemen, Michigan State over Michigan State behind Michigan after Michigan State has the head-to-head. The win. committee is just committee, so inconsistent in what they're in what they do. It it makes no sense. They're clearly saying Oregon is above Ohio State because they beat Ohio State, right? And there's a few other examples in that within the top twenty-five, and then Michigan State loses a game. And they move behind Michigan. I guess Michigan has the better loss because they lost to Michigan State. It doesn't matter. But it doesn't make Oregon sense. I love that they kept Oklahoma at eight though, and, and kept Michigan State ahead of them. Yeah, Oklahoma still at eight is uh, not a great look for the old Sooners. My laptop is completely on the fritz. I'm gonna have to pull this up on my phone really quick. I'll run through it, and then we will take a look at this coming week in college football. I'm. Reaching for time, stretching for time. Do you want me to time. read them? I got it. I got it. Okay. I got it. Did you have it pulled up? Yeah. You, uh, why didn't you say that earlier? I was reading them. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, I've got it now. Uh, your top 25. It's Jordan. A... <laughs> I will come across this desk right now. <laughs> you don't think I will. It is Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State in your top four. The next two teams are Cincinnati and Michigan. Michigan State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma State round out the top ten. Texas A&M slides in at number 11. Wake Forest falls to 12. Baylor drops down to 13. BYU is up to 14. Ole Miss slots in at 15. North Carolina State is the next highest-ranked ACC team at 16. Auburn is 17. Wisconsin at 18. Purdue, Iowa, Pitt, San Diego State, Texas San Antonio, UTSA, Meet Meep. Jeff Trailer is there forever. Utah and Arkansas round out the top 25. Gentlemen, before we move on, any quibbles with the top 25 beyond what we've already discussed? Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I have a problem with Auburn and Wisconsin being ranked 17 and 18 with three losses and Penn State's not ranked. But Penn, Penn State, who Penn, beat Penn State beat both who of them. Beat, and yeah, Penn State both beat both of them. of them is what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it makes it's no sense to me. Same situation as Michigan, but, Michigan but State. But whatever. Yeah. yeah, Ben said the same thing I was going to say. Auburn and Wisconsin way too overrated. Especially Auburn. Graham Mertz throws the ball eight times a game. Yeah. I just appreciate that they took a prolific high school quarterback and turned him into a Wisconsin quarterback. Like Graham Mertz deserves better than this. I, I <laughs> Graham Mertz is I, like worse than regular that's Wisconsin. That's what I'm saying. I genuinely believe he's more talented than this. Uh, but that's I do too. That's a debate for another hey, day. Remember game one last year? He was great, and he was not. Uh, looking at this coming week, week eleven in college football, number eight Oklahoma, number thirteen Baylor. Tanner, Caleb Williams has reinvigorated Oklahoma. It has not been enough for the college football playoff committee to even put them ahead of one lost Michigan or Michigan State or G5 Cincinnati. Does a win over number 13 Baylor change that? Um, I think that it would put them above Michigan and Michigan State. I don't know if it still puts them above Cincinnati, especially after we see Baylor drop to TCU this past weekend. Um, now, if it's a real blowout, potentially, then yeah, for sure. Um, but I think that Oklahoma could get upset this week. And I, I don't think any of us would come in here and complain about that or be surprised by that. Because Oklahoma has struggled all year long, no matter who's, who's uh, the quarterback that's in for them. I mean, we should have beat them here. You know? So I, I don't have any faith in Oklahoma, and you can see the committee doesn't either. 
All right, moving on from that into the SEC. Ben, you hate Auburn, clearly. Uh, Mississippi <laughs> State is taking on Auburn this week at Auburn, 13, or excuse me, 17 versus unranked. This would have been a, a marquee matchup if either of these teams had won last week, but it's number 17 Auburn hosting Mississippi State. Uh, Bo Nix led that Auburn offense to a whopping three points last week against Texas A&M. He completed 20 of his 41 passes for 153 yards. Luke Wiggs is not here. I'm allowed to talk down on Bo Nix this week. He was bad last Bo week. Picks. He was bad last week. La- last week. He's inconsistent. He's actually been okay this year. Last week he was. He How's was he going to do good. this week against Mississippi State? I think he'll be fine. I don't think Mississippi State has a great defense. Um, Who wins? I, Auburn will win. I think Tank. Tank is a tank. So I think Auburn's going to win this game. It's really hard to win a game when you can't make a field goal or trust an extra point going in. That's true. That's a good point. So I I think Auburn is going to win this game. It's at home, too. We already talked about Georgia-Tennessee. Tanner says Tennessee is going to put up a 50-burger and beat Georgia. Uh, Texas A&M Ole Miss. Logan, uh, this is a matchup of good SEC West teams. Uh, again, we talked about it earlier. Things are pretty chaotic below Alabama and the SEC West. Looks like this one could uh, open some things up. Yeah, I think it's going to be the key matchups quarterback play. I mean, Zach Calzada had a great game when they beat, you know, um, a, uh, they beat Alabama in College Station. Matt Corral struggled a little bit last week. I think talent-wise, I'm still going to go with a and I think they're built long-term um, to go far this season. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Corral struggles a little bit. I think A&M ends up beating Ole Miss. Moving on to the Big Ten, Tanner, Ohio State hosting Purdue. Purdue's got two wins over top five teams this year, including last week against Michigan State. Are they going to do it to the Buckeyes? They will not. I think Ohio State gets right this week. They'll give it to Travion Henderson enough to uh, – outrun that Purdue defense. Ohio State gets lucky again. They don't have to go to Purdue. That, if it was in Purdue, it could be a different story, but with it being back in Columbus. And I don't know if the Purdue magic is the same when they're ranked. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know why I put this game on the schedule. <laughs> I do know why I put this game on the schedule. Iowa and Minnesota, these two teams. It's the Big Ten West showdown. It's the Big yeah, Ten West winner, showdown. Playing Big Ten title game. That's right. We've got a f- we, well. We have a four day four way deadlock at the top of the Big Ten West. Again, as these guys have said, more than likely the winner of this game wins the tiebreakers and will go into the Big Ten title game to face an, uh, a Big Ten East opponent. Uh, this is going to be ugly football after what we saw from Tanner Morgan last week and, and what we've seen some sp- from Spencer Petras all year. Logan, I would assume you're you're on the same page. Yeah, I think both these coaches need to recruit a quarterback. I mean, this is just an ugly football. Um, Iowa has just tanked what they were a month ago. Um, and I thought Minnesota, actually, from that opening day loss against Ohio State, had really grown a lot, but last week struggled against Illinois. Did you watch him play Bowling Green? Well, <laughs> they still won. Um, I, I just, it's going to be ugly football. I mean, 10-3, to 13-10, a low-scoring game. I can't wait until this game opens up with 10 straight punts. I cannot wait. It's going to be so exciting. That's Big Ten West football for you. 10 might be a low number. Ten straight? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Who is the fourth team in the Big Ten West? It's Purdue's one of them, isn't Wisconsin. it? Wisconsin. Wisconsin's also four and two. Uh, but okay. Purdue's one of them. Yeah, per- yes. yeah, Purdue. Somehow Purdue could make the Big two Ten Two weeks ago, game. Nebraska was still eligible. They were. Just ask the Sickos committee Ugh. on Twitter. Moving on uh, from the Big Ten into the ACC. Ben, again, I'll throw the Wake Forest question at you. They host NC State. 
Uh, this is a matchup of probably the two best teams in the ACC, which is very weird to say because it's Wake Forest and NC State. Yeah, and that game last week against North Carolina was a non-conference ACC game. This is true. So Wake Forest still undefeated in the ACC. They need to win this game. They want to go to the ACC title game, still have a shot at New Year's Six Bowl. I put Duke and Virginia Tech on here solely because I'm really tracking this Justin Fuente situation as well as tracking the David Cutcliffe situation because he's really not on the hot seat because he's going to have a job at Duke until he doesn't want to have it anymore. What I'm saying for him is for the health of the program, cut. It's the end of the line, man. Like It's it's over, buddy. You Uh, can't outlast Coach K. Come on. If Coach K is done after this year. That's true. That's true. New AD in as well. It would be a good time for a clean break at Duke. If they beat Virginia Tech, the buyout might not become a factor anymore for Whit Babcock because it's just another week after that. that yeah, point. that's true. Yeah, I think at this point, I don't. They didn't fire him after last Friday night, putting three points up against Boston College. I think they're just waiting to save money. He's that's got true. to know too. Easily, he has to. Uh, moving out of the Power Five, we've got San Diego State and Nevada in a pretty doggone important matchup in the Mountain West. Uh, you've got Nevada, who is flying uh, right now uh, with Carson Strong. They take on a ranked San Diego State team, uh, who has uh, become affectionately known around Internet circles as G5 Iowa. This team, this game, I should say, will most likely decide the Western Division of the Mountain West and uh, put up an opponent for Utah State in a couple of weeks. Uh, Nevada, San Diego State. Obviously, San Diego State has the best football player in the country. That's Matareza. Uh, but don't give me that look. Don't give me that look. Punters matter, too. Matareza, pound for pound, might be the best football player in the country. How much does he weigh? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's not my job to know. Uh, but I'm not going to make you guys... Do you know what number he wears? Oh, it's a high number. I think it's like 80? I think it's 80, which I'm totally here for. And he, he boots 80-yard bombs, too. Oh, he's number two. Oh, yeah. maybe I just saw the 80-yard. Yeah, the he's number two, <laughs> yeah. uh, which doesn't matter. But again, uh, Nevada-San Diego State, that's a game to watch uh, in the G5 this week. And then a game that's going on right now uh, that I talked to Ben a little bit about earlier. I thought I was going to be able to come on here and talk about how the two most surprising quarterbacks in the MAC are matching up tonight, and the winner of this game was going to more than likely win the MAC West. Uh, but my boys, Drew Plitt and Rocky Lombardi, have not helped my narrative this evening. Drew Plitt is 8 for 18 for 94 yards. Lombardi is 12 for 18 for 136, a touchdown and a pick. That game is at halftime. Ball State and Northern Illinois tied at 17. Uh, Again, like I said, the winner of that more than likely goes to the MAC championship game. Uh, But that does it for uh, our previews of games this week. Again, I just wanted to hit uh, some of the more important games in the G5 as well. Ben, we briefly had this discussion earlier. Are you prepared to host the coach's hot seat game, or do I need to do it? I will definitely be hosting. I'm so bad at that game. Okay. With that being said. <laughs> That's all. With that being said. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Take away, Ben Mack. It's the coach's hot seat. Tanner, Logan, Daniel, going up against each other. What do we want to play to tonight? Frost doesn't count, right? Just to make that clear. Yeah. Everybody knows Scott Frost. He's still number one, so he doesn't count. A couple people off that top ten, though. Walt Bell, 
Things have moved around. Walt Bell was fired at UMass. Tom Arth was fired. Tom Arth was fired. Are you admitting to looking at this list beforehand? No. I'm saying they were in the top 10 last week and they got fired. Okay. (laughs) What do you want to play to? Three? Five? Play to three. Three. All right. We got basketball still, too. Yeah, Yeah, we do have basketball to get to. Well, uh, I need to inform you. For the folks at home, uh, there will not be an MLB segment tonight. Jimmy Gaudio, with his busy schedule, is not available. So there's a free 15 minutes at the end of the show, which means we can extend things a little bit. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, moving on. Okay. Disclaimer for the folks at home. <laughs> All right, Tanner, you get to start. Oh, Lord. Okay. What's, what's the range here? Is it top yeah. 10, top 20, top 30? What are we doing? Just anybody? L- let's go top 20. Top 20. That's fair. Just anybody. Okay. Uh, well, why don't we just go Fuente? Where's he at? Six? Four? He, he is six. Six, okay. Six. Only six? That's crazy. Um, Absurd. I would say Dan Mullen. I think he is number two. two. Oh, okay. Dan Mullen's number two. I say him every week, and I give it the disclaimer every week. They're going to let him retire at the end of the year, Butch Davis. He is number three. Wow. Great start, guys. <laughs> hey, what can I say? Bowling Green lost again. I'll go with Scott Loeffler. Stand by. I'm looking. He is not in the top 20. Really? What is he? He is 21. Wow. That's brutal. That's brutal for Tanner. Wow. Okay. Um, I say him every week, but I'll say him again. Jeff Scott. Oh, he's, he's like top 10 for sure. USF. Uh, Probably eight. I'm blind. Hold on. Where are you? He's almost certainly in the top 10. Hit Command F. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you can say Command F for Scott. <laughs> he is number five. Number five. <laughs> Overlooked him there. Almost. All right, Daniel. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. New Mexico State's Doug Martin. Not the muscle hamster. He's number four. Number four, Dougie. So we have hit the top six. All right, uh, Dino Babers. Your man Dino. He is not in the top 20. He is number 26. Wow. 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 That's Tanner has effectively been eliminated. Lord have mercy. Logan, come on. There's a surprise on here for me. I don't know about anybody else. And he, I, I, he is number seven. I'm, oh, I want to say, I think he's still a top 20. I'm saying Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell is number 13. Number okay. 13 for old Mikey Nor. I'm going to say, we talked about it earlier after the debacle of last week, and I think from what I've seen on Twitter the last couple of days, I think it's safe to say he's probably on there. At least in the top 20. I'm going to go with Jimmy Lake. He is number eight. Wow. Whoa. All right. A meteoric rise for James Whoa. Lake. So we're missing number nine and ten. We're, not, we're, we're missing seven, seven, nine, and ten seven, from the top seven, ten. Seven, nine, and ten. Oh, wow. Seven is a surprise to me. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. McFly is thinking. This is tough. I don't know why it gets harder every week. It it's does. The same, it's the same. Thing. I would it's say Marcus Arroyo. Oh, that was mine. You took mine. I did. I did take you first. took mine. Marcus Arroyo. They won last week. Where are you? You're on. I have a Marcus. That was his first win. He in is two number years. nineteen. There 19. you go. Nineteen. Wow. Interesting. Now I don't remember this guy's name. Short. Have have to get this Daniel to stay in the game. I know, and that's why I'm going to go with. Tim Albin of Ohio. He is number 20. We keep going. Let's go! Come on! Come on! 
Perfect six for six for Logan and Daniel, both. Surprise. Who would be the surprise? Oh, oh I, this, is, this, is, this is like putting it all on red. Sark. He is number seven. That what? was the surprise. Yes. No. Yes, he is number seven. No. That's, that's so dumb. Oh, this is bothersome now. I was really... Oh, boy. Um, let me keep thinking. I need to think. I need to think. I need thoughts. Thoughts need to come. We in. have gotten the first eight. First eight? Yes. This is a big night of the Coach Satsi game. Um, uh, number minutes. 11 we have already talked about tonight. Number 11, you say? I believe that's the only one we've mentioned tonight remaining. Is Neil Brown on there? Um, Neil Brown is number 24. Okay. Brown number 24. He was 29 last week. Manny Diaz dropped all the way to 28. Wow. Well, they, they, they came well. out and said they weren't going to fire him. I mean, they said the same thing about Scott Frost. Yeah, He's still number one. I don't one. know if they update that every day. Yeah, this is this fair is enough. Fair enough. Tough yeah. go right here. Um, I'm, just l- I'm literally just looking through standings right now, uh, which is why I'm going to take a shot with Carl Durrell of Colorado. He is number 18. We keep going. Logan, do you have another one? you even have another one in mind? Yeah, I do, but I don't know. He's year one. I'm going to say Willie Fritz is Tulane's head coach. Willie Fritz has been around. He is number 22. Daniel, this is for the win. Tough scene. This is for the win. I had another one in mind when I realized Carl Durrell, which is why... See, I've seen a bunch of stuff earlier today about how he's not going to get fired, but things are not looking good there either. It's the only name that's in my head, Rod Carey at Temple. He is number 23. You're joking. Does that mean Logan wins? He had 22. You're joking. Does that mean Logan wins? I think it means we keep going. Uh, I agree. All right, Logan, (laughs) come on. This is again deep. number eleven. We have already talked about tonight. Talked Rack about your brain. Eleven? Do you want? Well, no, I can't. I can't do that. Mm. No. no, yeah, we. Mm, damn. Wow. I have a thought. That's gotta be it. Um. I have a thought. Daniel has a thought. Oh. Um. This is another shot in the dark. I think I said Willie Fritz first year. I think this guy's actually first year. It's Southern Misses. Will Hall. Will Hall. Will Hall. Southern Miss. He's first year, but they they're are very warm. bad. They're bad. They're very bad. He is not in the no top Will thirty. Yeah. Mike Leach. That's a good one. He was uh, out of it last. Mike week. Leach is not in here. Great. Yes. Keep it going. Continue. I think this is the longest it's ever went. Oh, to I have to have another there's another shot in the dark up here. Who wants it? I would say a shot in the dark. I cannot pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try. Navy's head coach. Yes, he is number 17. Ken N? Oh, boy. Here <laughs> Ken Niamontalolo. We're on the ropes. There we go. This, this is about to pick up. I'm taking a picture of this because my computer is at 1%. All right, good for you. Um, oh, this is difficult. This is so difficult. Seth Luttrell, North Texas. He is number 12. We continue. We continue. He won this week, so I thought... I, I mean, there's, him, only, I thought there's only one, two, three, 
four. There's only six guys left in the top twenty. The We've top gotten 20. fourteen. Oh boy, I, I, I uh, Cutcliffe. He is number eleven. There he is the one we have already talked 11. about. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm literally just looking at we're, standings. We're looking, looking for number nine, players. number ten, number fourteen, number fifteen, or number sixteen. Missouri's Eli Drinkwitz. No. Logan wins. Wow. Longest game ever, though. How about it? How Ooh. about it? He is not in the top 30. So How? Not this year. They're so bad. Uh, they're, number, they're bad. number nine is Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. Number mm. 10 is Steve Adazio at Colorado State. Uh, 14, David Shaw. 15, David Butch Shaw. Jones. And my computer died, so I don't know. Oh, number 16, Mike Bloomgreen at Rice. All right. Uh, with that, congratulations, congratulations, Logan. Uh, we're behind on a break. Uh, we're going to hit that real quick. When we return, Tanner's going to stick around. We're going to have the first college basketball segment of the year. Don't go away. This is the Sports Page on 91.7 FM, U92. Throw the windows down and cruise along to the acoustic sounds of Americana, folk, gospel, and more. U92 The Moose brings you alternate routes. Tune in every Sunday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., only on 91.7. Pick up a copy of the Daily Athenaeum every Thursday morning from a newsstand on campus. The Daily Athenaeum is WVU's independent, student-run newspaper, reporting on what matters to you. Reporting by students, for students. Pick up a copy today and read more at thedaonline.com. U92, your exclusive home for radio play-by-play of Mountaineer Club Hockey. Hear every bone-crunching check, powerful wrister, and all the extracurriculars here on 91.7 FM. Coverage of every home game from Mountaineer Ice Arena here on U92 The Moose. We'll see you there. Just because you missed Day of Giving doesn't mean you can't donate to U92 The Moose. If you ever want to make a donation to support your favorite non-for-profit, non-commercial college radio station, Email us at u92atmail.wvu.edu. I still hear your voice when you sleep next to me. I still feel your touch in my dream. Forgive me my weakness, but I... time we touch in there as we open the final college basketball season for the best coach the sport has ever seen not named John Wooden as Mike Shashevsky opened his last season helming the Duke Blue Devils with a 79 to 71 win last night over Kentucky we're back on the sports page second hour coming up Daniel Woods Ben Mackey and Tanner Lambert with you for this college basketball segment and guys we'll start with that Champions Classic uh, the late game the game that everybody was really looking out for uh, last night, Duke, as I said, 79-71 over, uh, over Kentucky, a game Kentucky team, to be fair. Paulo Boncaro uh, showed why he's considered a 
potential number one prospect in the NBA draft. 22.7 rebounds. Trevor Keels puts up 25 for the Blue Devils as well. Severe Wheeler uh, was really the the engine of the offense for Kentucky, which I'm a big fan of his. I just wasn't expecting him to be that important. And then Oscar Shibway, 17 and 19 for the Wildcats. Yeah, Shibway was pretty good in his debut for Kentucky. There was uh, nothing new. Yeah, we, we we've seen what Oscar Shibway is from his time at West Virginia, and he's he the is same. who we thought he was. Yeah, runs the floor great. I I forgot how well he he did it that uh, I kind of missed that um, but yeah 17 for him 8 of 14 that's pretty good for for Shibwe on an, on the night uh, and you're right Paolo was was very impressive yes. 7 for 11 for for the the freshman I mean you can't ask for much more than that and Keels he was the leading scorer with 25 this is a good Duke team and it's a good Kentucky team Duke kind of had control of this game the whole the whole game um but Kentucky was able to keep it close they couldn't really make a significant enough run in that second half uh so Duke was able to to put it away with with not too much with with a little bit of ease uh but these are two very good teams two probably final four contenders that's to be sure Tanner what do you got Duke Kentucky again Great game to start things off. Duke just looked a little bit more put together than Kentucky at this point in the season. I, I think that they did, um, and, and that's definitely the start they wanted. You know, you don't want to go in there and lose to Kentucky after a disappointing season last year for sure. Um, and, and what is the start to Coach K's farewell tour? Um, and, and they played a real real solid game. That Kentucky team is a tough team to beat. Um, but, but like you said, they were more put together, and, and they were able to come out on top. Uh they got a lot to play for this year. You know, you don't want to be a disappointment. Um, you know, every game is just going to be highlighted by the departure of Coach K um, and, and that sort of thing. So to go out there and uh, not let it phase you on the first game out in the season. Uh, and, and what's a primetime game at Madison Square Garden? You know, no, no, not an easy win for sure for the Duke Blue Devils last night. And Coach K is going to eat up every second. Well, I read this, it was going to be worse than last... Jeter's farewell tour. Oh, he's going to eat it up. Like he's what? Gonna, what are the, he's going to deserve what, every second of it? What is the best gift that he's going to get? What's UNC going to give him? Two losses. <laughs> there you go. Meaning Duke's going to beat them twice. That's what I meant to say. Two wins is what I meant. <laughs> Ignore what I just said. <laughs> Moving on, Kansas wow. eighty-seven. Uh, Michigan State, 74. Uh, Michigan State did not look great in this one. Uh, they looked just kind of all over the place. A.J. Hogard led them with 17 points off the bench. But the story coming out of this one is O'Shea Agbaji uh, for Kansas. We've been, t- been told for the last three years that O'Shea Agbaji is ready to break out, and he might have actually broken out last night. 26 points on 9 of 17. He knocked down three 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 er, yeah knocked down three three-pointers, two rebounds, and assist. Uh, they got 15 from Remy Martin as well, coming in from Arizona State. Kansas looks legit, guys. Uh, I wasn't really high on them coming into the season. I get that David McCormick was great last year. He's still not my favorite player. Uh, but if Agbaji can do this consistently, which 29 points consistently is not what you're going to get from Moshe Agbaji, but if he can be the engine of your offense consistently, then this Kansas team is legit. I, I completely agree with you there. And, and Michigan State did not look great at all. Um, Izzo's got a lot of work to do up there in East Lansing. But, uh, you know, last night it kind of felt like the, you know, the perennial contenders in Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, who all had real down years last year, uh, kind of, you know, it's one game, obviously, but it feels like 
college basketball might get right this year. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. Because um, last year was just so crazy with COVID and everything, too. But uh, Kansas looked real dominant last night. And Agbaji could very well be the Big 12 player of the year. Yeah, and the addition of Remy Martin to this Kansas team is huge for them. He's another guard that can score if Agbaji is not having you know, a, a crazy night like he was having last night. Um, and, and you're right, Daniel. We've been waiting for Agbaji to, to, to really play to what we thought he was going to be. And if he plays even close to what he played like uh, last night consistently all year, he's going to be a problem for all Big 12 teams. And Christian Brown, he's a pretty good player as well. So they have three really solid guards in that starting lineup that can all score. Yeah, I am I was surprised by Kansas last night. I honestly I was under the impression they were somewhat overrated coming into the year. But I, I think that team, if it all holds together and Agbaji keeps playing like that, then they're going to be a, a serious problem to deal with. Uh, moving on from the Champions Classic, that was just the, the, really the big games from last night I wanted to get into. There's some bigger ones coming up later this week, including Villanova at UCLA, which is Friday night, which I'm certainly going to be tuned in That'll for. Be a fun one. But Texas Gonzaga. Texas Gonzaga will be great as well. But now I, I just want to turn towards some predictions. This is our first college basketball segment of the year, and I want to take a look at some predictions, starting with national awards we'll go through our picks for national player of the year national coach of the year and our final four picks starting with the national player of the year didn't have a great start to the season last night he was fine uh, i i would say but i i'm going with a guy that a lot of people are picking i'm going with drew timmy yep, from that, from gonzaga yep, me too I, he's he's the best player he, he was outstanding all last year uh he might was he a Wooden Award finalist last year? I believe so. I think he was. Yeah, I'm obviously led led Gonzaga to the national title game. Uh, one loss season. He was he was clearly the best big man in the country last year. This year, I think he's probably the best player, and I think Gonzaga is destined for another great year. So for all those reasons, that's why I think Drew Timmy's right. going to win. He, if they if they do what they're supposed to, he'll be the motor behind it, and he'll be the major factor of it, and so it would make no sense. Uh, on player worth noting for Gonzaga is, is Chet Holmgren. We're, it's we're going to be interesting to see how they yeah. play together. And it went well last night. Again, it wasn't a great night for Timmy, but I, I think it's worth noting. We talked about Paulo Banquero as a potential number one overall pick. Chet Holmgren last night, 28 minutes, 14 points, I believe seven rebounds, six assists, seven blocks uh, for Chet Holmgren. So an interesting start for him, to say the least. It was against Dixie State, uh, but still an interesting start for Chet Holmgren. National Coach of the Year, this guy's team went out and kick some tail last night, and I think they're probably one of the more underrated teams in the country. They're already, uh, they were already rated pretty high, and I think they should be rated higher. And that's why I'm going with Nate Oates from Alabama. I, I don't hate that pick. At yeah, all. I don't hate it either. I, I think Alabama is like, like you said, very underrated. I think they could very well win the SEC. Um, you know, I was looking at the odds, and Alabama's odds are great to win the SEC. Uh, and he, he's done something at Alabama. I don't think many people thought could happen with their basketball program you know Alabama's supposed to be the football school and now all of a sudden they're going to be a basketball power as well uh it's kind of cool to see what's happening there I I wrote coach K I I just feel like you know even if they don't do everything that would be unbelievable of course I'm here for it of course he would win coach I'm here for it but they should you know he's he's done so much for the game if they go to the final four he should right oh 100 percent they're gonna win the ACC I think they go five and twenty he should Okay, Daniel. I don't know about that. Big Duke lover over here. I'm sitting next to him. Hey, Mark Schoenster's not here to give me crap about it anymore, so I can talk about it all I I'm, want. I'm going to give you crap for it. That's your problem and not mine. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Uh, for me, it's Chris Beard. I think coming in, coming into Texas, you know, he left Texas Tech in kind of an odd way. Uh, brought in a lot of transfer talent uh, to this Texas team, to already existing talent. They were a very good team last year. They lost a lot of guys, but they they were able to to bring in a lot of transfer talent. Um, I think they're going to win the Big Twelve. I think they're the best team in the Big Twelve. It, Kansas is always up there, but uh, I think with Chris Beard, Texas is going to have a crazy season, uh, so, th- so I think he's going to end up winning National Coach of the Year. I like the Chris Beard pick as well. Moving on to the Final Four, we already talked about Gonzaga. I've got them in there. We've talked about Duke. I've got them in there. We've talked about Alabama. I've got Alabama in the Final Four. Really? And then my fourth Final Four team is UCLA. I think uh, with all they've got back, plus a very underrated addition in Miles Johnson. He's an absolute beast. Uh, that is going to give them another rim protector. I've got UCLA getting back to the Final Four as well. I I, I like that. I have the Zag. I got Gonzaga, excuse me, and then I've got Michigan, who we haven't mentioned yet. Michigan, Michigan is going to be a really tough team to beat, especially down the stretch. They were missing Livers last year in the tournament. He's back. They've got a couple other good players, uh, and I think Michigan is going to win the Big Ten. Uh, and then I've got Kansas in there and UCLA as well. I have UCLA and Gonzaga. Um, because I think Johnny Juzang and Jaime Hawkins, uh, Hawkins, Hawkins, yeah, um, I think they're they're an outstanding duo. Um, we've talked about Gonzaga. I have Texas in there um, as my third team, and then a team we also haven't talked about. That my fourth team in the Final Four, I have Purdue. Yeah, Purdue's gonna be really good. I think this could be the year for Matt Painter to finally get there uh, with Purdue. They have a lot of returning talent. They're they are very good. I think. They probably match up the best with Michigan in the Big Ten, so I, I that's why I think they're the team that can beat Michigan. I think I think Michigan came in six and Purdue seven in the AP poll. Not that it matters that much, but um, I think I think Purdue can win the Big Ten, and I think they're going to end up being a one seed and get to the Final Four. All right, moving on from national predictions, go to the conference predictions. We're going to go through our champion and player of the year picks for every power conference. I'm going to keep it short and sweet with the ACC. I've got Duke in the Final Four. I think they're going to win it. And I think their best player is going to be the player of the year, and that's Paolo Boncaro. Agreed. I have the exact same thing. Chalk there. Moving on to the Big East. Similar case here. I like Villanova. I went back and forth on who I thought was going to be the player of the year in this conference uh, simply because I didn't know if uh, it was going to be Colin Gillespie. I'm going with Colin Gillespie. Me too. I think he's going to be on a mission this year. Uh, I do as well. And, you know, for what it's worth, Villanova is the only team in the country to be favored to win their conference. Everybody else is not a favorite. The Villanova's minus 110. So, you know, that tells you what Vegas thinks. Now things will start to open up a little bit as we get to the Big Ten. We've talked about Ben has Purdue in the Final Four. Tanner has Michigan in the Final Four. Yep. I have Purdue as my Big Ten champion. I do as well. I, I have Michigan. Um, but I'm, t- you know, you guys call me the high state guy. Chris Holtman's got a good basketball team. EJ Liddell is a legit player in the conference and in the country. I love um, EJ Liddell, man. And, and you know, if Cal Young can get healthy and come back, you know, Ohio State didn't have the greatest game last night, but Akron's a good basketball team. Yeah. And, and Chris Holtman is one heck of a coach. You know, I, I, I really, you know, the bucket, the Big Ten is going to be real fun to watch. You know, it's and not they, just they have football. the turn coach Amari Wheeler. <laughs> But uh, Michigan, Jawan Howard has done a lot of work in just a short time here at Michigan, and, and I think that they're going to be tough to beat. Um, 
And I got Kofi Coburn as the player of the year in the Big Ten. Uh, my Big Ten player of the year, we may have, we may actually have three different Big Ten players of the year. I went with Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana. I, I think he's just going to put up ridiculous numbers for a team that really needs production. And I think Mike Woodson, they've already talked about how they want to expand his game. They want to pull him off the block a little bit more, uh, op- open up that jump shot some more for him, which I think is, is really going to pay off. Yep, it's a big man league in the Big yeah. Ten this year. I have Hunter Dickinson as my player of the year. Um, he had an outstanding freshman year last year. I think he's going to be even better this year, so that's why. Moving on, to the, moving on to the Big 12, Ben, I'm on the same page as you with Texas over Kansas. I like Texas to win the league. Uh, just the, the amount of talent that Chris Beard has brought in that has high-level college basketball experience is too much uh, for me at this point. And one of the guys that's leading the charge for that is Marcus Carr, who is my player of the year. I have Marcus Carr as well. 19-5 and five last year at Minnesota. He's an outstanding basketball player. I think he runs away with this in the Big 12. I took uh, Kansas and Akbaji. I, I just think that after last year, Kansas is going to be on a mission. Um, you know, the uh, findings of the NCAA still allows them to be eligible. So as long as they're eligible, they'll play well um, under Bill Self. And, uh, I, you know, last night showed us a, a little bit of what Akbaji can be. And if he can stay consistent, he could very well be a Big 12 player of the year. Moving on to the Pac-12, I've seen some buzz lately for Oregon. I've seen some people pick Oregon in this conference, but for me, it's really tough to bet against UCLA. We've already talked about Johnny Juzang, Jaime Jaquez. They get Cody Riley back inside to pair with Miles Johnson. There's some younger guys that uh, made some appearances in the tournament that were some pretty quality uh, contributors for them. So I I like UCLA. They're a Final Four team for me. That's why I've got them winning the Pac-12. I have UCLA as well, and I have Johnny Juzang as my player of the year. Say Mike Cronin's one heck of a basketball coach. I've gone off the board for my player of the year in this conference. Okay. And it's for a couple of reasons. One, because I love him as a player, and I think he's probably underrated as an NBA prospect. But two, because I see a natural fit with him and his new coach, which is why – I am selecting uh, with new coach Tommy Lloyd in Arizona uh, for Pac-12 player of the year, Azulis Tubelis uh, from Arizona, who was really good as a freshman last year and had a really good night the other night as well. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tubelis. The reason I I honestly picked him uh, is because they've got Tommy Lloyd coming in there as the head coach and watching Tubelis last year. He's a lefty big man, 6'9", can put it on the floor, can knock down a jump shot. I was like, this guy reminds me a ton of DeMontis Sabonis. And now you've got an assistant coming in from Gonzaga that I think is going to really look uh, for an opportunity to play through him and Ben Matherin. And I really like uh, Azulis Tubelis, which it's my off-the-wall pick, uh, but it is my pick for the Pac-12. So uh, as we move to the SEC to wrap up this segment, my champion, if you hadn't, figured it out already because of how high I am on them, is Alabama. I love Nate Oates. I love the way he's put this roster together. Javon Quinterly, I didn't love him coming into Villanova, but after watching him last year during that tournament run, he's got All-American potential. Yeah, I I went with Alabama as well over Kentucky. Uh, I don't know if this is really an off-the-board pick, but he's playing on a bad team, Scotty Pippen Jr. He's my pick as well. Okay. Well, he's going to put up ridiculous numbers. Yeah, he, he plays on a bad team. He's going to score. He might score thirty. Yeah, with Dylan Dissu gone, he's going to put up insane yeah. numbers for that team. Yeah. Uh, I, I have Kentucky winning the SEC. Um, you know, Alabama will be good. I just think that Kentucky is going to get it right this year. And if Shebway can play the way he played last night, uh, that'll be something that'll really help this team down the stretch too. 
Uh, before we move on from the segment, I will say in the SEC, uh, I am a little partial to Tennessee. I really like what uh, Rick Barnes has put together there. If I'm not picking Alabama, I-, I might honestly pick them to win the conference just because they bring in Justin Powell. They bring in a five-star point guard in Kennedy Chandler. But uh, I am going with Alabama, and I'm going with Scottie Pippen Jr. as my player of the year. There you have it. First college basketball segment of the year here on the sports page. Tanner, you've been here for pretty much the first hour plus of the show. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, big win coming Friday night, hopefully, here in Morgantown. In That's the absolutely brawl. right. Right. Let's go. Send Jeff, Capel, send Jeff Capel back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, or maybe not back to Pittsburgh. I, I don't know. Yeah, after last night. Maybe not send Citadel, him back to baby. Pittsburgh. Jeff Capel left in the Coliseum parking lot? It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. It could happen. Uh, who's the uh, who's the hockey coach they left on the curb from the Panthers? Why can I not remember his name? Don't know. Tanner, you're the hockey guy. I, I can't tell you. All I'm right, sorry. we'll get it after I'm the sorry. break. We'll get it after the break. I when think we you're return. thinking of Lane Kiffin. It's not who I'm thinking of. <laughs> it's not who I'm thinking of at all. When we return, we will have NFL talk coming on the sports page. You're listening to 91.7 FM U92. To the Moose is your home for the best sports coverage you're going to find here on the campus of West Virginia University. It all starts on Wednesdays from 6 to 10. It's the Sports Block on U92. From 6 to 8, we're talking WVU sports with a tilt towards on-campus coverage. From 8 to 10, it's the Sports Page taking a look at all the national stories you want to hear the U92 sports staff talk about. Then, at the bottom of every hour, tune in for breaking news on all of the top stories in sports by members of the U92 staff. And finally, live sports on U92 The Moose are the bread and butter. Tune in for coverage of both WVU soccer teams, women's basketball, baseball, and WVU hockey. Live on U92, 91.7 FM, and U92TheMoose.com. You're not going to want to miss any of the sports here on U92. Year two of Mountaineer soccer under Dan Stratford can be heard all season long on U92. Tune in 30 minutes before every home game and select road games as we bring you comprehensive coverage of the Mountaineers on the pitch. U92 is also the only place for talk sports radio dedicated specifically for men's and women's soccer. Find the kickabout with host Liam Bellin every Wednesday night from 7 to 8. 91.7 FM presents Mountaineer Soccer Live, a service of U92 Sports. Pick up a copy of the Daily Athenaeum every Thursday morning from a newsstand on campus. The Daily Athenaeum is WVU's independent student-run newspaper, reporting on what matters to you, reporting by students, for students. Pick up a copy today and read more at thedaonline.com. U92, your exclusive home for radio play-by-play of Mountaineer Club Hockey. Hear every bone-crunching check, powerful wrister, and all the extracurriculars here on 91.7 FM. Coverage of every home game from Mountaineer Ice Arena here on U92 The Moose. We'll see you there.
charge which means we get phil collins on the sports page tonight uh i don't think any of the guys in the room are gonna have a problem with that ben no great song the other two guys in the room are luke blaine and manny Mardiege. and if you guys have a problem with it i'm not gonna find out because i'm not gonna ask uh we are talking about the nfl here for about the next half hour gonna recap week nine take a look at week 10 i'm just gonna get out in front of it now week 10 sucks in the nfl like there are not good games this week right I mean, I haven't looked at it yet, but Am I crazy I'll take your word for this? that. Like, um, other than Saints-Titans, there are not good games. This and game. the Saints are starting Trevor Simeon. That is accurate. Probably. Yeah. So, so uh, we're going to spend a Whoa, lot of Jags time. Well, Jags-Colts. Of course. Huge <laughs> Can't offend game. Mark Schoenster. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a huge matchup. Yeah. Liam Bellin, big fan of Jonathan Taylor on the other side of the glass. <laughs> he says as he looks across and pumps his fist. Uh, but uh, we are going to take a look at Week 9. Uh, and then uh, back forward towards week 10, where I've picked out what I think are going to be some decent <laughs> games, but I'm not sure. Uh, starting with the AFC North, Browns 41, Bengals 16, an absolute dismantling of Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Just not the performance you're looking for there as they try to turn the corner this year. Uh, guys, Baker Mayfield did what he needed to, 14 for 21, 218 yards. Nick Chubb, 14 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Got it done without Odell Beckham Jr., and they blow out the Bengals. Yeah, they always get it done without Odell Beckham Jr. That's why I'm scared <laughs> of the Browns for the rest of the year. About to say. They, they're, at the end of last year when he was hurt, they were outstanding down the stretch. Um, but Burrow did not play well on Sunday. He threw a he threw a pick six at like the two yards. He was yard benched. like the first it was a 99 yard touchdown yeah. Yeah. return yeah. for uh, Denzel Ward. He was benched. Brandon Allen threw two passes in this game. Uh, but, uh, guys, uh, like, like Ben said, Browns look scary. The AFC North is weird right now because Cleveland's five and four, Cincinnati's five and four. Like, it's just insane what's going on. And two weeks ago, the Bengals were the number one seed in the AFC. Now they're last. And now the they're last in the AFC North. It's, it's a crazy division this year. The AFC is just crazy in general, honestly. Yeah, there, there's, there's yeah. so much going there's on There's no the great AFC. team. Yeah, what are we saying? Are we saying the Bengals are overrated, officially overrated? I don't know. When you when you win in Pittsburgh and in Baltimore, it's hard to say that you're That's overrated. Yeah. But they, they, they just didn't look great last week. We'll see if they bounce back. I, I'm not sure who they have this week. Um, let me look, but... We'll 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 definitely find out soon enough. I believe it looks like they're on a bye. Okay. So they remind me of like one of those teams where people want to count them out, and then they play really well whenever they're like the quote unquote underdogs, and then they walk into a place where they should one hundred percent win yeah, that game, yeah. and it's a trap game. Like mm-hmm. they like we got to remember too, they're just coming off of a loss to the Jets. So right. That, that, that was like the that last was the week. ten years of Pittsburgh Steelers football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was looking through the the Steelers schedule the other night. I, I think you might have been there and I was looking for the Mike Tomlin special. Yeah. Yeah. I there isn't one. So, they're just going to be all regular it losses. It might have been Monday and they pulled it out. No, because the Mike Tomlin special is usually a Sunday at one o'clock game on the road against a bad team. That's that, fair. That that's that's usually or what home it against is. the Raiders. That was yeah, bad. That's that true or bad. any game against the Raiders, that's fair. Yeah. But this I mean, maybe at the end of the year it'll end up looking like a bad loss, but 
worth noting for the Browns uh, is one Odell Beckham Jr. is not on this team anymore. He was waived. Uh, that's that's obviously notable. Uh, appears he may be zeroing in on the Green Bay Packers. Is who is knows? what I'm hearing mm-hmm. latest. But again, I really don't think it matters. It's that Odell, much. so who knows. Uh, they are set to play the Patriots this week. We'll preview that a little bit later. Worth noting, reported today, Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton have both tested positive for COVID. Yep. They are both vaccinated, so they've got a shot to play on Sunday. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Dearness Johnson is the only healthy running back on the roster right now. Orlando Apollo. Big North <laughs> Florida. North Florida? What, what part of Florida are you from? Central. Central Florida. Come on, UCF. Okay. I'm aware Come now. On. Thank <laughs> you. Central Florida. Thank you. I don't know where anything is in Florida except Miami. Fair enough. Completely honest, that's because Mark Schoenster's there. Wow. Our so Mark leader. moves the needle for you. Our fearless leader, Mark Schoenster, <laughs> former sports director. He's that guy. Uh, but moving on, uh, as this continues to go off the rails, uh, to Broncos Cowboys, uh, Denver 30-16. to 16. Uh, Dak Prescott uh, was bad. Uh, that's, that's pretty easy to say. 19 for 39, 232, two touchdowns and a pick. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, was pretty good, 19 for 28, 249. Javante Williams may have had his breakout game with 111 yards on 17 carries. Tim Patrick was good. Jerry Judy continues to be worked back into the offense, which is really good for my fantasy team right now. Uh, but the Broncos moved to 5-4 and four with a 30-16 to 16 win. I mean, yeah, I guess that is just like that division, right? Um, you have the Raiders also up there. The Chiefs, you don't know what they're going to be. It'll be a good matchup on Sunday, but again, just the Broncos, are just they're almost similar to like the Bengals in a way. Just You think they're not going to be good at all, and then they just come out and dis- absolutely destroy the Cowboys. But Dak just came back, so but even still, I think like the Broncos, they, they could make a run in this division with the AFC West being so close, but at this point, I don't know what to think about them. And just when you thought the Cowboys were solid, they, they go out and lose it. I, I th- it was 30 to nothing. In the fourth quarter, I believe uh, they put on they put on sixteen points at the end, but it was thirty to nothing after they had just won a game last week with Cooper Rush at quarterback. So just when you thought the Cowboys were were solid and were a really good team, they go out and lose a game like this. And the Broncos aren't bad, but they're certainly not great. Yeah, I think the Broncos' defense played to really their potential. Honestly, I really like the way their defense looked coming into the year, and I think the first half of the year they were solid, but. Then, you know, kind of got off the rails. I mean, maybe Von Miller was the problem. Just kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe they can pick something up there and play to their full potential because I like that defense, but they just had their struggles up until this week. Yeah, Broncos are, are an interesting case in the AFC. West is an interesting case, uh, to be completely honest. Everything going on with the Raiders. Obviously, have to talk about Henry Ruggs. Uh, again, he's facing very, very long time in prison. Uh, which is just horrible. Uh, the, the the whole situation is is absolutely horrible. Damon Arnett is off that roster. We're going to talk about the Raiders a little bit later. This is just me getting into the AFC West. The Chiefs are still weird. Uh, like that's just a weird situation. The Broncos are doing things. Vic Fangio is just holding on. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's all he's <laughs> Vic, doing. Vic Fangio is just digging his heels in and trying to find <laughs> dirt on John yeah. Elway. And, <laughs> and and then the Chargers are doing things as well, I guess. The Chargers, everybody's honey honey team, they're just they're not that good. Yeah. Justin Herbert did not have a great week. Yeah. Uh but moving on uh moving on from the Broncos, uh we've got Falcons Saints, Falcons 27, Saints 25. Uh, this was a classic 
Matt Ryan game. This was a classic Matty Ice performance. 23 for 30, 343 and two touchdowns. He turned the clock back a little bit. They couldn't run the ball at all. 25 carries for 34 yards. Felipe Franks carried the ball twice in this game, which I love. <sighs> Felipe Franks, the new Taysom Hill, the better Taysom Hill, <laughs> if if I do say so myself. The, the re-education of Cordero Patterson continues. He had six catches for 126 yards. Again, he carried the ball nine times for only 10 yards, though. Uh, but Atlanta gets it done. Trevor Simeon was 25 for 41 for 249 yards. I get that it's Trevor Simeon, but you can't make him throw the ball 41 times, Sean Payton, especially when you only hand the ball to Alvin Kamara 13 times. He carried it for 50 yards and a touchdown. The Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. Yeah, and Simeon was 25 for 41, and it had and had receivers drop about 10 of his passes. There you go. It was it was bad if if you were watching that game. Simeon he played pretty well, um, but you're right. The Falcons kind of surprising at at 500. I didn't think they'd be any good this year, um, especially considering last year. But they're also one of the weirdest teams in the NFL. You never know what's what they're gonna do. No, oh, yeah, and um, to that point with Trevor Simeon, who is he really throwing the ball to? He has Marcus Calloway and Marcus thing, Calloway. And Come on, I think I can't even. Drake one Smith. Yeah, Drake yeah, Smith. Yeah, other Kevin than that, White. <laughs> oh yeah, Kevin, Kevin White. Yeah. Talk down on Kevin White. <laughs> Kevin White, future Hall of Famer. He could be. No, He's yeah, no but league. other than that, it's Plus just what like, did he go seven overall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, other than that, like who else does he have? I, I gotta get the ball. Adam Jared Cook. No, no, Jerry Cook's he's in a Charger LA. now. Adam Troutman. Adam Troutman. Yeah. He's got Taysom Hill. <laughs> Taysom Hill, of course. Yeah. <laughs> also, why, if Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill were in a quarterback battle beginning of the year, why is, why is Taysom started? Hill not playing? <laughs> why is Trevor Simeon starting? I don't understand. The world may never know. That's one of the weirdest quarterback situations I've ever seen. He's making like nine million dollars. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I don't. I don't get it. But yeah. Sean Payton just really needs his his weird, I don't know, wing back slash quarterback Taysom Hill. He just doesn't want him to weapon. actually play. Yeah, Offensive actually play weapon. quarterback. I just can't wait until Trevor Simeon's like starting in Week Twelve for the Cardinals next year or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be somewhere and he's gonna start games. It always happens. Or the Giants, they get rid of Daniel Jones and bring in Trevor Simeon. Where did he go after uh, Denver? The Jets. The Jets. He was with the Jets, and he got cut. Uh, yeah. Now he's with the Saints, and he's starting games. <laughs> yeah, for Mike White. I would have made that choice, too. We're going to talk about Mike White. Don't, I love Mike White. Don't worry about that. Mike White, Mike White talk is coming on the sports page. But again, you heard it here first. The Giants are going to cut Daniel Jones and start Trevor Simeon week one next year. Speaking of the Giants, they beat the Raiders 23-16. Raiders are in absolute disarray. Uh, Derek Carr continues to power through, even though he threw two picks, 296 yards and a touchdown on 30 of 46. Josh Jacobs looked to be getting back to his old self a little bit, 13 carries for 76 yards. Darren Waller continued to carry the passing game. But for the Giants, Daniel Jones didn't have to do a whole lot, but he did it well, 15 for 20, 110 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Booker continues to get fed carries in the absence of Saquon Barkley, 21 carries, 99 yards. They're still short on receivers. Kadarius Tony doing absolutely nothing in this game breaks my heart from a fantasy perspective, but they still won the game. The Giants have three wins, and like we said earlier, the Raiders losing makes things considerably more interesting in the AFC West. Yeah, and look at the Giants running the ball. They haven't been able to do that in a long time. Was Saquon the problem, I call him. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I hope I hope not. Um, but yeah, hundred hundred yards from Booker, that really helps Daniel Jones out. And I, I mean, I don't I don't know how we could have expected the Raiders to come out and win this game with everything that's going on. I don't know how you focus when you're in that building right now. Um, but you know, Derek Carr, he's a he's clearly a really good leader. Um, hopefully, he can get this team back on track because I do think it's a pretty good team. Um, and 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 in a wide open division, but you know, you can't lose to the Giants. I mean, yeah, I mean the way the Giants played, I think defensively they played pretty good, and I think the way that they played on offense, you mentioned that Daniel Jones didn't really do a whole lot, but that doesn't seem like a bad thing. The Browns do with Baker Mayfield; they don't make him That's do a whole. That's the point. So they just got to keep doing that. I think they'll be okay, and maybe they figure something out. Yeah, I mean, I think the Giants' defense played pretty well. They've been doing pretty well the past few weeks they held the Panthers to three then the Chiefs to 20 and now a good Raiders offense to 13 obviously a ton of off the field issues going on there but they just need to get the offense going I mean I don't think this is the same old Giants that we've seen in years past I think they're kind of maybe going on the upside here in a little bit I just think a good stat to note which is a really weird stat in the past 19 years the Raiders are three and 16 in games coming off of a bye week, which is the worst in the NFL. It's not good. No, not at all. You'd think, you know, a bye week, you get rested up, and then you play well, but not in Las Vegas. Or Oakland. Oakland. Or Oakland, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Las Vegas or Oakland. But, but uh, yeah, that's that's not great for the Raiders. Staying, or well, not staying in the AFC. That was an AFC-NFC matchup, but bouncing over to the AFC. Surprise of the week. Jags 9, Bills 6. Gross. This game <laughs> sucked. Josh Allen versus Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Shut up. <laughs> Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen. He picked off Josh Allen. He, he recovered a fumble, fumble from, from Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Kentucky Josh Allen is better than Wyoming Josh Allen. What can I say? Josh Allen beat Josh Allen. It was the most crazy. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. That was red zone all day. Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo Josh Allen threw 47 passes in this game. Two of them were intercepted. Uh, he carried the ball five times for 50 yards. Again, he can't be their leading rusher. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss just aren't getting it done. For the Jaguars, I get that they only put up nine points, but how did you win this game? In all honesty, it was Josh Allen it that was. won the game. It was Josh Allen. It actually it was. was Josh Allen. Trevor Lawrence was 15 for 26 for 118 yards. Carlos Hyde, in the absence of James Robinson, had 21 carries for 67 yards. There were two Dari Ogunbowale touches in this game. This is this is a Dari Ogunbowale standing program. He had a carry for a yard. He had a catch for four yards on his only target. Dan Arnold caught four passes for 60 yards. How about the Jags? Why not? Right? How, about, how about the Jags? Why, why not? not? Yeah, why not the Jags? Why, not the Jags? why can't it be us? Why not the Jags? Yeah, they got a pool in their stadium. The sports page, live on U92. <laughs> Hashtag why not the Jags? Yeah, why not the Jags? I mean... Look, the Jags are clearly terrible, but the Bills also aren't that great. They've already lost this. What's st- going on with the Bills here? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, we've already said the AFC is weird. It's so weird. Uh, and there's, that, yeah, there's no great team in the AFC. I don't know who the one seed right now would be. It is the Titans. Tennessee Titans. Oh, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, the Titans, I think, look clearly like they're the best team in, in the AFC right now, and they beat the Bills, so... Um, it's a wide open AFC. The Bills don't look great. The Jags, maybe they maybe maybe they're pretty good. Who knows? 
Come on. Oh, Look at that defense. Six I, points I de- given up? I definitely think they have some pieces there. Yeah, they like, do. Like, I don't think Trevor they're, Lawrence... They're I mean, the they're still the three, four yeah. years away from <laughs> exactly. 500, yeah. maybe. If they, can throw to, if they can throw to LaVisca Chenault more than one time a game, then that's, I think that offense maddening. would be much better. The it disappearance is. of LaVisca Chenault is maddening. It's, it's the exact same thing with Allen Robinson in Jacksonville. Just the talented wide receiver who is stuck in a horrible situation yeah. on a bad team. Allen Robinson has never had a quarterback. Um, he hasn't. No. Just think of all the I don't, receivers. I, yeah, that I don't understand that. Jacksonville killed. LaVisca Chenault, Allen Robinson, <laughs> Allen Hurms. Well, they, they were killing Allen Robinson, and then they sent him to his death in Chicago. That is fair. Yeah, it's even, somehow it's even worse there. Terrible for my fantasy team. Not on my team anymore. Just awful situation. Dumped him. <laughs> Manny got rid of him. We talked about the Chiefs. We talked about the Chiefs being weird. We talked about the AFC being weird. Chiefs are five and four with a win over Green Bay, thirteen to seven. Jordan Love was not good. Aaron Rodgers uh, is not good for another reason. Um, He's immunized. Sure, <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, twenty for thirty-seven, one hundred and sixty-seven yards or sixty-six yards. Uh, I mean, it might be better if you just put Jackson Mahomes back there at this point. <laughs> I'm I'm just not sure what's going on there. Um, y- you look in the backfield. Uh, sure, Daryl Williams ran for 70 yards. Um, I didn't know Derek Gore was a person until last week. Um, and Travis Kelsey led the team in receiving with 68 yards. Go Chiefs. Any, this is, any comments? This is the point of the year where Patrick Mahomes has been playing so bad for so long that people start thinking he's hurt. That's fair. People people are already asking, is Patrick Mahomes healthy completely? Yeah. No, I think he's just having a very bad year. I I, I don't know what it is because hey. he, he has all the same weapons he's had. Hey, you know what happens when you take – or you know what the solution is when you've got the best quarterback of a generation struggling into the late weeks of the season? What? You replace him with Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler's the backup? No. No. Oh, where no. is he? I was, Who knows no. where he is? Brock Osweiler's selling insurance Okay. In yeah, I was so <laughs> confused for a second. Brock Osweiler's running a health club in Arizona or something. <laughs> Good for Brock. I need to see what Brock Osweiler's he doing now. Absolutely uh, fleeced the Texans, and then he Chad, disappeared. Chad Henney is still the backup in Kansas City, if I'm not wrong. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He came in a couple weeks ago. Yeah, what am I thinking? Oh, yeah. When he got when hurt. Patrick against... Mahomes almost got decapitated. I was just I was referencing Brock Osweiler and Peyton Manning in uh, Denver. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah. I saw Brock Osweiler the year um, the the Broncos won the Super Bowl. I saw him in Pittsburgh. I was really upset it wasn't Manning. Brock Super Osweiler <laughs> formally retired in 2019. Oh my gosh! Like three years, no a- like three he years re- after he didn't have a contract, he retired at the age of 28. I figured he was still what a life. around on practice squads. I mean, Brock doesn't need that. He got eighty million dollars from the Texans, or however much it was. I want to know what Brock Osweiler's doing. That's the question. Yeah, what's what's Brock Osweiler doing today? What's he doing right now? See, what is Brock Osweiler doing now? Is what comes up as a suggested option on Google. (laughs) Um, find the LinkedIn. He sold his home in Denver for three million dollars last year. There you go. That was just a couple months ago. Some quick cash. Um, where, where is NFL quarterback Brock Osweiler now? He's um, probably hanging out with his rolling, family, rolling, Daniel. Rolling. Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure he is, but I just want to know what this man's doing. Um, okay, this article is worth nothing. Brock Osweiler, for all we know, could be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. He could. Well, I think we would probably know that. He could be asleep on High Street right now. 
<laughs> moving on from that, uh, the Chiefs uh, beat Green Bay. The Aaron Rodgers thing stays weird. He got fined. Alan Lazard got fined. It's just a, a strange situation. Luke, Titans 28, Rams 16. They're the number one seed in the AFC right now. Yes. I was saying last week the Titans play their best whenever they have that underdog mentality. Now they're going into a stretch where for a long time they're going to be viewed as the team who should win the games. So I'm excited to see how they handle that. Um, I would like to say I think we need to start talking about Kevin Byard as, one, the best safety in the NFL. Yes. And we need to start talking about the Titans as having the best front four in the NFL because those guys wreck offensive lines on a weekly basis. They are... And what a turnaround from last year. They had no pass rush. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Zero pass rush. I don't know what the issue was. They were just so unorganized on defense. It's Bud versus Clowney. That's the difference. That's true. Yeah. And, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, oh, my gosh. I love Jeffrey Simmons. I I I love Jeffrey Simmons with my whole heart. Yeah, I do, too. I get chills whenever I see that (laughs) replay come up on my feed where he's, like, manhandling, bull rushing that right guard. That just brings a tear to my eye, I must say. I love him. Uh, ben, Sony Michelle and garbage time led to some heartache for you in this game. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I lost my uh, fantasy matchup by half a point. Oh, um, I had Matt Stafford and Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson against Robert Woods. Also, okay, and then in another league, I was going <laughs> against Sony Michelle, which I also lost that game by half a point. So. Sunday night, I lost two fantasy matchups by a came by a combined one point. Brutal night for me. Solely because Sony Michelle got garbage time carries. Yes, and because Robert Woods had one too many catches. Of course. In the words of Olivia, of Olivia Rodrigo, it is brutal out here. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Matt, Matt Stafford sold. Oh, he had the he worst. was so he bad. Had the worst game. I oh. mean. That pass rush. <laughs> the pass rush. They, they did do a good job of making him uncomfortable, I will say. That that was a fun defensive performance because at, at, at the end of the day, it wasn't an offensive performance at all. They had, like, one drive where they went down and scored. The, like, seven points were set up by the defense, and then the seven uh, next seven points were scored by the defense on the very next play. So, you know, defense made all the difference there for the Titans. Putting a wrap on Week 9 with Monday Night Football – Pittsburgh 29, Chicago 27. Steelers almost tripped over their own feet and allowed the Justin Fields breakout to happen at Heinz Field. Not quite. Uh, obviously, the story coming out of this game is going to be the difference in the penalties, the Cassius Marsh taunting penalty of the Pittsburgh sideline. Uh, of course, these are things that happened. David Montgomery returned in this game. He ran for 63 yards, had a couple of catches as well. Uh, but Pittsburgh holds off Chicago. Chris Boswell, after nearly being decapitated last week, Almost single-handedly won this game. Yeah, recovered a game. fumble. Player of the game, recovered a fumble. And hit 250 goal. yards. Were you watching live? Yeah. Did you yeah. think that last field goal hit the crossbar? No, I not by any too. stretch of the imagination. No I way. thought it hit the crossbar. Yeah, everybody did, too. Everybody I was watching with, like yeah, everybody I was watching with thought it did. I'm like, there's no way that was even remotely close. I saw it bounce like twice. I'm like, there's no I way. I thought it hit the crossbar, and I was so scared. Uh, for half a second, but the Steelers' defense, they're going to have to stop falling asleep in the second half. How about we keep playing the whole game? Uh, I don't I don't know what's going on. The defense has not been great this year. Um, I think TJ and Cam have been outstanding. Devin Bush has been a no-show all year. 
Who knows what's going on with him? Robert Spillane is in the game on third and long because Devin Bush can't run anymore, which is really unfortunate because he did tear his ACL last year. I hope that's not the reason, uh, but it looks like it might be. Minka Fitzpatrick, he's made no plays this year, really. No splash plays, and he misses five tackles a game. I have not been impressed with him this year. That being said, I was very happy that they won. Uh, I they have the Lions this week. They need to get to six and three because after that, their schedule is disgusting. I would like to add, there is going to be a taunting penalty that decides a playoff game. Yep. It's going to happen, yeah. and the yeah. world the world is going to burn. There is going to be a player. <laughs> there is going to be a player who makes a play and he gets happy. He flexes his muscles, and then lo and behold, down from the heavens comes a swarm of yellow flags. <laughs> Like, yeah. l- like sunflower because, petals. Because nobody in the knows wind. what constitutes. As long taunting. as it doesn't have the Steelers, I'm perfectly okay with. Well, this. like that's that's the thing. Cassius Marsh looked at the Steelers sideline. Every time T.J. Watt sack, sacks somebody, he runs ten yards and kicks his leg high in the air. I don't know. Yeah. What, like he blew, nobody, a, qu- he yeah, blew a kiss to the Bears sideline. Nobody knows what the what the difference is. No. No, it's such don't. a subjective rule, and that's the problem. Like they don't have it specifically the, yeah. outlined. Like. You can't flex your muscles. You can't talk to the sideline. You can't do this stuff. It's just like right. whatever the ref thinks is taunting is taunting, and you're going to get punished. Because for it. you remember, it, they they, it, they changed it. It was it was a more of a celebration penalty. Because um, remember, Jared Allen, they changed the 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 penalty after like for celebrations. You can't drop to the ground. And Jared Allen's celebration, he would always go to one knee. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And he used to get flagged for it at the end of his career. I don't know what happened with that rule. Obviously, they got rid of it. But it's just these 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 rules are stupid. Who cares? No, yeah. The rule exactly. itself, it's just stupid. Like, I mean, like you said, you have like whole teams just going up to the cameras when they get an intercession, just celebrating in front of the cameras for everybody to see. It's just, it's just a dumb rule in general. I don't know why they have it. And, again, it will probably end up – Affecting a playoff a playoff game later on, and again, more people are just gonna complain about it. It's just gonna be honestly pretty entertaining to watch a lot of people argue about it on ESPN and other shows. Yeah, uh, we don't need to dive too much more into that. But moving on, week ten, we've only got a couple of minutes. I'm literally gonna give each of you guys a game. I want you to break it down for me in thirty seconds. Luke, I'll start with you because you're invested in this one. Saints Titans. Yeah, I think the offense still needs to adjust with life without Henry for the Titans. And I also think that Simeon needs to prove himself to be a true leader of this team for the Saints because that's a very tough defensive matchup there for the Saints. So, I mean, I had faith with them as a wild card team when Jameis was in. Now with Simeon, he needs to prove himself before the Saints can truly prove themselves. All right, Manny, Browns, Patriots, two five and four teams looking to get on track. That That's a big game. I think for the Browns, I think if you're going into that game just – do the same thing, literally co- copy and paste that same game plan you have. The Patriots are a better team, I think, than um, than the Bengals at this point. I love the way Max playing. They're not he he won't lose some games. That defense is playing great, and I made this I made this prediction on I think the yeah our podcast with Patrick and uh, and Connor. I said the Patriots will win that division over the Bills. And so I'm going to pick them to win this game just because again I love the way that their offense is playing and I think their defense is playing great and I think they're the rest of their schedule is favorable, so I think they'll win this game and just keep stacking wins. Ben, wrap it up for us. Chiefs, Raiders, AFC West, going to stay weird. Another weird Sunday night game. Um, the Chiefs should win this game. The Raiders are just so depleted and so 
I'm sure messed up in their heads about everything that's gone on in their organization the last couple of weeks. Um, but the Chiefs have shown me no reason to think that they're capable of going into a good team stadium and winning. Um, that being said, Patrick Mahomes, he I think he's going to figure it out at some point. It's just it's just when he can't take much longer. They're five and four in a, a tightly contested division. Maybe this is the week that they get it done. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Rams 49ers is Monday Night Football. That was the only other game I had listed. I think the Rams take that one pretty easy. I kind of just put it on there because it's Monday Night Football. But that'll do it for the NFL segment tonight on the sports page. Manny, Luke, thank you as always. When we return on the other side of the break, Dan Schuster, John Raley stepping in. NBA time. Nikola Jokic and his brothers might kill Markeith Morris. That and more after this. You're listening to the sports page on 91.7 FM U92. you want the new and essential college radio, then look no further than the new music pioneer on 91.7. Every Monday through Thursday from 3 to 6 p.m., tune in to hear the newest music from up-and-coming artists, along with some of our favorite throwback tracks. That's every Monday through Thursday, 3 to 6 p.m., the new music pioneer on U92. FM. Deep down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans. Take a walk back in time with U92's own Time Warp. Tune in as we start with the legendary founders of rock and roll from the swinging 50s. Then we move along to the psychedelic 60s to be taken through the British invasion and plenty more. We fly on over to the disco-infused 1970s to hear the origins of punk, synthesizers, and more. We touch down in the electronic 80s. Is it classic rock? U92 The Moose has you covered. This is the Time Warp. Remember to tune in every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. until noon, only on 91.7. The soulful sounds of the blues from Memphis to Kansas City. Across the country and around the world. Hear the distinctively American music that inspired generations of rock and roll and much more. On the Blind Alley, every Sunday morning. At the corner of Sacred and Profane. It's the Blind Alley on U92 The Moose every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.
little Patty Smith for you on your Wednesday night. It's late in the show. I'm singing into the mic, which you know means I'm tired. And I'm hosting because Luke Wiggs isn't here, and he can't tell me not to do it. Uh, we're here to talk about the NBA. Ben Mackey is still with me, as he has been all night. John Raley and Dan Schuster are here. And, guys, I teased it coming into the break. Um, I would be concerned if I was Markeith Morris right now. I would, too. Yeah, the, the Jokic brothers and or family are on their way to, to America. As that's, a, that's a scary group of large men. Yeah. Yeah, Mar- Markeith has one brother. And the, and he's not scary like the Jokic. Brothers. I would be concerned if I'm Marcus Morris right now. Yeah, I, I would not want to be mistaken but for Markeith right now. Well, yeah, I just, true. I just overall, would not want to be a Morris. That's fair. Know. Yeah, don't want to be associated. Markeith Morris, yeah. Markeith Morris, Marcus Morris, Kevin Morris, <laughs> Zach Morris, uh, any any other Morris. I would not want to be them right now. Uh, but guys, uh, it, to be completely honest, uh, something like this was going to happen eventually. With with the with the clear path foul, the Euro foul, whatever you want to call it, that has been so prolific in the NBA this year. The NBA said last week they were going to look into something to try to curb this, and in the meantime, you had Markeith Morris nearly tackle Nikola Jokic in the middle of the floor, and then Nikola Jokic try to break Markeith Morris's spine in response. It was a more, it was a Mortal Combat finishing. Move. Yeah, like in in real life, it actually was the it way. Was, I mean, he got like three steps into him. And if you watch the video, he loads his shoulder back, almost, yeah. almost like he's pulling back a bowstring, and then just unloads it right into the center of his back. It was, it was one of the dirtier plays and I've it's ever a, seen. It's a downward angle, because he's seven feet tall. Yeah, which, no, he gets gravity helping yeah. him out, too. I saw it as self-defense, in all honesty. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm NBA, a joke. he got one game. I'm a joker yeah, guy. But. I, think, I think if... Uh, one of them got fined. Both of them should have got, or both, of, or both of them should have got um, suspended. Well, he's, gonna, well he's gonna lose. He's gonna lose his game check for that, Not which, fine, is, which is gonna be, a, which is gonna be a whole lot more than fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Right. I mean, Kermit Washington almost killed Rudy Tomjanovich. Yeah, he did. He came yeah, back. Yeah, he had, but Rudy, Rudy T had spinal fluid in the back of his mouth, and then he had to become a phenomenal coach. Kermit, was Kermit Washington suspended for that? And the NBA was different. Yeah, they'd, they'd, they'd let you. They'd let you. Different they'd let era. You do heroin on the sideline if you wanted to. I mean, it was a. Th- you look at pictures of the guys was, back then. Those are men. He, he was suspended. He was suspended for sixty days. He missed twenty six oh, wow. games. That two months of the season. That's a long time. Almost, yeah, I still feel like. I mean, he did almost kill a man. He almost killed a man. Yeah, that two months is. Whew. I miss that era of the NBA. Yeah, guys punching each other in the face. They should they should allow it back for like a month at a time, like the purge, but mm-hmm. for the NBA. Say so this week, Draymond Green would have a field day. Oh my God, oh. Stephen Adams too. They just, just a team can sign Ron Artest to a month contract every year. Teams are, teams <laughs> are give him on a start, ten day. Teams are going to start going outside of the stadium before games. They're going to pick a fan. They're say, listen, we'll pay you a hundred dollars. We're going to you suit up tonight. You got to go in and injure the other team's best yeah. player. What if what if each player got one fan. fight a fan every year? All I'm saying is, if you why aren't they talking about? All I'm this? saying yes, is, I know. All I'm I know. saying is, if you loosened the NBA's rules when it came to fighting, Gabo Saboyan would be a lottery pick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. also five charges taken last night. Exactly. For the first, I know this is an NBA, but for the first at least ten minutes of that game, he was like clearly the best player on our team, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Some people, some people see it as Which aggressive. Is scary. I see it as a difference maker. In, exactly. a, in a good way. He's, like, he's one of those guys you absolutely love him if he plays for your team, but if you're playing against him, oh, you can't stand and it. I'm, exactly. I'm really surprised Adonis Haslam sat on the bench 
the entire time too. Giannis Haslam is so if he tried to get he doesn't want to get suspended. Giannis Haslam, I'm not sure Giannis Haslam's knees work well enough for him to stand up off no, the bench I don't that think, quick. How long do you think it would take him to get up out of his seat and make it to the? That's what he's the there for. That's what he's. That's why he's getting paid the hey, big bucks. Nah, he's, you, yeah, he's UH can still move wisdom. around. I was. I was. I've always been a huge UH guy. I mean, I loved him back when they were the Heatles. He should have set but, the time. The Heatles. The Heatles. I mean, love that. But yeah, you done. He's not. I don't know why he's still on the team. I mean, it's like a respect thing, like how the Rockets would never do something like that to like Jalen Green or not Jalen Green, uh, Gerald Green. You know, it's kind of like a he's a fixture. Yeah, you know, they wouldn't move Gerald Green, but they you know trade Hakeem Olajuwon to Toronto. Different times, once again. Different strokes for different folks, right? Uh, Moving on uh, from that, obviously, again, it's very funny when the NBA um, is late to address something and then it comes home to roost. But moving on to actual actual content. Uh, I've put out a couple buy or sells for you guys after 10 games of the NBA season. Starting the Western Conference, uh, uh, we've got two teams, whether you're buying or selling on something, two players as well. Golden State Warriors are 10-1. and one. Are they a top three seed in the Western Conference based on what you have seen now that everyone in the league has played at least 10 games? I said no last week, but I'm starting to buy them. Yeah, I, I 100% agree and with you. And Clay might be back before Christmas I saw today. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They might be rolling. Uh, yeah, I like the team they have this year too. And I, I was buying last week, and I'm, I'm definitely still buying this week after Steph has just been Steph's, unreal. Yeah, Steph went nuclear. Just the, the whole other team night. they have together, like Gary Payton, just jumping out of the gym to dunk no, over yeah. all these people. And I don't know. It's been awesome to see the Warriors come back into full stride. I know one of the things we talked about last week was maybe the sustainability of some of their role players, like Marquise Lee and Jordan Poole. But they actually, I mean, they've looked through these first ten games like this is something that they can do for you know maybe not 82 games but you know they're gonna have spots and they can they can put some runs together and help this team out a lot i am gonna buy on the warriors as being one of the what we say top three seeds in the west especially because i feel like i mean if you look at the west even three four years ago it was so much more dominant than the east was and in the past two years the nba has done a complete flip the east is by far the better conference in my opinion the west is kind of you have i think the lakers are severely overrated i think phoenix is legit and i think that there's a lot of bad teams in the west too though yeah, I'm I'm buying on the Warriors as well. Uh, I I think I've I've really liked what I've seen from that team. To be honest, they are going to drop the nine and two tonight when they lose to the Timberwolves, which <laughs> I came tips off in about six minutes. Uh, but uh, other than that, I, I really do like the war what the Warriors are doing, uh, and I think they're going to be a top three seed. Steph Steph is Steph again, uh, which is always good to see. Moving over to the Eastern Conference, we have determined the whereabouts of Luke Wiggs. He is in Cleveland. He is watching uh, the Cavs Warriors game. Uh, which I do not have the score in front of me for, which I will pull up very quickly. Cavs, Cavs, Cavs by, Wizards, uh, three, I think. Yeah, Kyle, Wizards, ninety-seven, ninety-four. Kyle Kuzma hits a game winner off an assist from Bradley Beal with eleven seconds left. That's absolutely huge uh, for Luke Wiggs. Dude, yeah, on their on paper, the Wizards are really good. Like, four they have four a great guys team. averaging yeah. over fourteen points. Eight okay. guys averaging over six. Beal's averaging four turnovers a game, but everyone I, else is averaging under two. They look really nice. It's what hard for me to see him still number one all year, though. Sustainability. Yeah. No, but, and I think that the East is so tough especially because i mean you know milwaukee new i think the four best teams by the end of the season are going to be the ones that i've said since before the season started the knicks the bucks the hawks and the nets it's going to be really tough for the wizards to have a better regular season record than one of the, than any of those four teams i think i th- i mean obviously i think the wizards are definitely going to make the playoffs you're buying the knicks that heavily i'm huge on the over, knicks over i think the knicks i think the knicks are the deepest team in the nba I, I agree with yeah, you, Dan. I like I'd have bench. trouble picking them over the Sixers. Yeah. 
it's 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 all a matter of the Sixers actually make a move to do something. I think the Sixers have a couple of guys who are especially yeah. playing guard spot guard minutes for them, like Tyrese Maxey, who really don't have as Tyrese much experience. Maxey, I Shea love Cole. I love the Kemba Walker signing. I love the Evan Fournier signing. Julius Randle is a monster. R.J. Barrett is a Swiss Army knife. He can do anything out there. I've always loved Tom Thibodeau as a head coach. I think New York is back. Taj Gibson. Absolutely. Gotta love from back in the Chicago days. Well, guys, the question uh, of the night when it does come to the Wizards that I've put out here, 10 games in, are you buying or selling them having playoff home court advantage in the first round? So a top four seed in the East. Super, super close, but I'm going to sell. I'll say no. No, I'll sell. No way. I don't think so. Everybody's selling. I'm selling as well. I think they drop out of that top four at some point. Yeah, but they are to eat my words. But sorry, Luke. I think they're going to be top six. They're a playoff team. That's, Absol- absolutely. That's absolutely. I think they're a playoff sure. team. I think they're not even a play-in. No play-in. Bonafide playoff. Moving on to some individual players. Surprise of the year for me, which I, I was really high on him coming out, to be completely honest, but uh, he's even shocked me to this point. Scotty Barnes uh, for Toronto has been an absolute monster. Are you buying or selling on him as the rookie of the year favorite to this point? As of right now? He probably is the rookie of the year favorite. Jalen Green has had some inefficient games as of late, and Cade Cunningham got off to I mean, before tonight, he w- Cade Cunningham was shooting 23% from the floor and 12% from three, given extremely small sample size because he had that injury at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But, I'm, yeah. I'm he's also sp- not a great shooter. Yeah, but tw- he's better than 12% yeah, from yeah, three. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say, as of right now, Scotty Barnes has been playing like the best rookie in the NBA, but I do not think he's going to win rookie of the year. I'm a little biased, but... I think Jalen Green's going to end up winning Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i kind of worried because I was I was super excited when Toronto decided to pick uh, Scotty Barnes over yeah. Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs has not looked good. No, and he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, so I didn't really think that he was going to be a big splash in the NBA. Well, what okay, what do you guys think? Because they're playing him at shooting guard, and I know it's because he's bigger than Cole Anthony. Right. But he is not a shooting guard. Mm-mm. I think Cole Anthony would be better as a two. He just wouldn't be able to defend Scottie, that yeah, position. Scotty Barnes has been bringing in most of the rebounds for the Raptors up to this point. Every and the Raptors game. have been surprisingly good to this point in the season. Yeah, they're a really young team. I did not, I did not think solid. that they were going to be yeah. as good as they've played so far. Yeah. They, they, I could see them as a play-in team for sure this year. Yeah. All right. They keep I, up this pace. I like Scotty Barnes as well. Again, the production at this point is, is too much for me to argue with. And then the last question for Ben putting up with me for the last two hours, I had to throw this on here. Buy or sell coming into tonight averaging 27 and 5. Are we buying a Cole Anthony breakout in year two? No. I think I, I think it's a breakout with an asterisk because on a bad team, somebody's got to score points. And the Magic sold their three best players at the trade deadline last year in Gordon, Vucevic, and uh, Fournier. And so, like, Cole Anthony's got to be the guy on the team. I mean, it's kind of an island of misfit toys over there right now. Yeah, he, yeah, he's so inefficient. That's why he's scoring 20 a, yeah. a game. Yeah, he just he, shoots so much. And uh, he kind of gets thrown out in the rain, too. Like, he has to drip, He has to take the ball in most of the time. There's definitely there's not shot. Really, he does, I don't think he wants to be shooting that many. I don't think he wants to be taking a crazy amount of shots. I mean, you know, no, he doesn't seem like, like a selfish player. player. Guys like to have a green light, but I don't think, you know, any NBA player is going to know, like, your team's probably not going to be super successful yeah. if you're taking 25-plus shots at any given night. Yeah, for the record, Franz Wagner is my rookie of the year. There you go. That's the last word on the sports page this week. Franz Wagner, That's, rookie of the year. Valid. Ben, I'm holding you to it. That is not going to change. 
I will uh, I, I will keep receipts on this. Absolutely. And you know how we have receipts? Because there's a podcast version of this show that you can listen to wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, so make sure to tune into that if you missed any part of the show tonight. Thanks to everybody that joined the program uh, this evening. Ben Mackey uh, sitting in with me for the entire show. John Raley and Dan Schuster here with us now. Uh, Manny Maradiege and Luke Blaine coming on for some NFL talk. Tanner Lambert, Logan Moore, uh, our college sports experts as well. This has been the Sports Page. You are listening to 91.7 FM U92. And now, from the host chair, I get to say that it's time for Brass Bonanza. Tim Heidecker, you're listening to WWVU Morgantown.